At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. It was a waste of time. We'll explain that in just about a minute. But don't go anywhere. Don't move. It's that time. Yes, it is. It's time for Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. Brought to you by Geico. Fifteen minutes can save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free. Great quote. Here he is. Needs no introduction, but I'll do it anyway. My friend, my partner, the man with the brain to the outfit. And boy, am I going to give him some kudos in about a minute. The one and only Brian No. Hello, B. How are you? What's going on, Andy Furman? How you doing on this fine Sunday morning, my friend? Well, before I give you the kudos, before I give you a star next to your name, we want to say that Ryan Bershinger is with us today instead of Ryan Dennis filling in. I know RB will do one hell of a job for us, so welcome RB with us today. How's that? I, I- Absolutely. Welcome to Ryan. No doubt about that. Now, I think a good introduction this morning would be I bought uh, four donuts this morning, right? I'm over here in Albany, New York, my old stomping grounds, okay, broadcasting from from Albany here today. So I bought four donuts. Uh, My man, Ken Place, is hanging out with me today. Let me in the building. So I bought four donuts, three different varieties. So do you have a guess, 
Ryan, do you do you have a guess what one of those flavors might be? Um, <laughs> maybe a, a nice chocolate glaze. Ooh. It's a good guess, but that that was not one of them. Now, oh. now Andy Furman, could you top him? In yeah, this I can because game? you're kind of a bit of a, a weirdo in a good sort of way. So I say, <laughs> I say, one of those donuts is a coconut, coconut cream. Oh no, I'd never go coconuts. Right. Never go coconut on the donuts. No, right. I don't. The, All right. So Ralph I, would know. Ralph would know. Maybe Ralph would know. He's a donut. Guy. He hangs out at Dunkin' Donuts with goats. That's right. That's right. He does stories on donuts. Yeah, well, Ralph's out to Dunkin' Donuts, apparently. He ran oh. out there. Yes, uh, Iowa did. Sam, Iowa Sam, don't want to leave you out. You got a guess here? Mm. You're very eclectic. You're I in can it. see you. Yeah. You're in New yeah. York. How about pastrami flavored? <laughs> Gee, that's <laughs> a good guess. A nice a gabagool, guess. you know what I'm saying? Bada bing, bada bang. Apple. Apple. Um, I went with like a, a raspberry filled donut, you know, really? got to have that. And then just the, the regular standard, you know, strawberry frosted donuts. So there you go. That's what well, I have. The key is, have you shared all four? Or are you going to down them all? Well, I ate one strawberry, one raspberry, and I left the rest for Ken in case he wants to partake in the donuts here. Okay. I want to give you some kudos, but before I do, we have a public service announcement to make. Are you ready for that? Okay. By got? the way, this is a public service announcement. J.R. Smith, there is no game five. I just want to let you know. There's no game five, Jr. Okay, so okay because he may be confused a little bit. You know, he he sometimes has a, a an apparent loss of uh, time and day and whatever it may be. So there's no game five for Jr. Smith. Now, as far as you're concerned, boy, oh boy, am I proud of you. Proud to see I know you. It's it's a pleasure to work with you because this Brian Colangelo story when it came out, I said there's no way on God's green earth that he's going to lose his job, and he did. I think earlier in the week was it Tuesday or Wednesday he parted ways with the 76ers as president of basketball operations and general manager, and the first thing that came to my mind said, "B Brian, no, hit it right on the head, bingo." So kudos to you. Well, I appreciate that, Andy. Unfortunately, Colangelo lost his gig. You know, I I wasn't rooting for it to happen, but it was going to happen. Because the Sixers came out and they're like, yo, even if this is his wife behind these burner accounts, he's gone anyway. <laughs> That's like, that told you all you needed to know. He was at least, at least going to be demoted. There was no way that he was going to keep his current job title. And they gave him the courtesy of resigning. And so he resigned and he'll try to resurface elsewhere. But good luck doing that. It's going to have to take a lot of time for an NBA franchise to trust him because at the best, he was at least divulging some of this material to his wife, who then apparently was tweeting about it. That's what the the law firm who did this investigation yeah. found out due to forensic evidence. I don't I don't know how you get forensic evidence from a cell phone that she restarted. She scrubbed it basically. Right. But yeah, that's what they did. said. We'll get into this a little more later, but I was I was shocked, you know, certainly happy that you knew that. Maybe I'm just too giving. Maybe I'm too positive. Maybe I'm too upbeat. Because I said everybody in life deserves a second chance and maybe this just went too far. You know, and I just I was shocked because with the Colangelo name as well, I thought they did him a little dirty because Jerry Colangelo, a Hall of Famer, who basically was the interim general manager of the 76ers before Brian took over after he left Toronto. So I was somewhat shocked there. But moving along, moving along right now, perhaps the best athlete we've seen all year was on the racetrack yesterday at Belmont Park, Justify, winning the Triple Crown Belmont Stakes yesterday. Didn't run as a two-year-old. And really and truly, you got to say, he's got to be one of the best athletes of the year. I don't know if you watched the Belmont wow. Stakes yesterday, but... 
I mean, you got you got to talk about it for like thirty seconds. You do. That, that's the, fine. That's fine. But I just have these horrible, nightmarish flashbacks. Remember when they did the top one hundred athletes or something on ESPN? Remember it was like Sports Century, or it was always on ESPN Classic, and they always had Secretariat around like thirty sixth or something like that. And right. It's like, right. No. No. And there was always an argument: is a horse an athlete? I know. Right. right? Like it's like no, we can't put these horses alongside great athletes, you know, like human beings. Then you in can't sports. put race car drivers in there either because it's the motor of the engine of the car that creates the, the power. And, and maybe the driver with a poor engine would not be as good. It's the same thing, right? You put no, a jockey on no, a mule, no, you put no. Mike Smith on a mule, he's not going to win. No, no, because the drivers happen to be human, Okay, I understand where you're going with that, Andy, and it's along the same lines. But all I'm saying is, let's keep the humans on the greatest athlete list, all right? Let's go somewhere else with the horses. I don't want horses on the list of greatest athletes. So what you're saying is basically you want a disclaimer on that list. That's what you want. Just no, no, I, th- I think it should just be assumed we're talking about human beings as far as greatest athletes. That's all. Was okay, that, but, like, but 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 to justify still one one hell of a feat to win the triple crown. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. think it's tremendous, athlete or not. Just a, a heck of a thing in the world of sports yesterday, and I was shocked. You know, they say racing's dead, and to all, I guess, to all extent and purposes, it, it probably is on a day to day basis. But for these three races, the, the triple crown races, racing comes to the forefront, and there really wasn't much else going on yesterday. And when I turned it on, I saw the crowd at Belmont Park. Wow. I mean, that was a hell of a crowd for, for, for them to come out in New York City to see that yeah. race. I, it was yeah, good. Yeah, but really unless was. you're really breaking down the ponies, you know, for what we do, Andy, it doesn't produce a whole lot of talking points. No, no, it's but I think in the world baseball, of sports, we have, right? we have to touch on We'll move on. Yeah, yeah now, I got you, but I, I think it's similar to baseball in this regard at the risk of, you know, like ticking off all the seam heads out there. Baseball is a is still a nice sport to at least go to if you want to pop it on TV, especially now that the NBA is over with. It doesn't produce a whole lot of talking points unless you happen to be a diehard fan of a particular team and maybe I live agree. in striking no distance traction. to the city. Yeah, there's there. It doesn't produce a lot of great talking points, at least you know nationally. I think right? it's something That's kind of like Belmont. That, that right. was great. Great triple crown. Awesome. It's an event. What are you really going to say about it? <laughs> you know, there's really and, not and we're much finished. to say. It's over. Close the door. Yeah. It's finished with that. But here's the deal. See if you agree with this. You talk about baseball. I say right now, and this if the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred's listening, you better hold your ears right now. Baseball to me is nothing more than a stopgap to the NFL season. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I, that's yeah. In terms of it really the is. conversations it, that it generates, that's pretty much where the sport is right now. You're yes. exactly right. Now, now, let's pick up the pieces for third place now, picking up the rear of the NBA Finals. You know, you would have, look, why would you even think it would have been a series or a competitive series? Wait a minute. Talk, look, Wait a minute. I, I got to yeah. stop you for a second because yeah. I saw a tweet from some guy named Andy Furman. Yeah, and it yeah. said something along the lines of "Call me crazy, but I still think the Cavs can win I, this series, although they're down three nothing." Yeah, what you know you, what? What were you doing, Andy? I was Furman? thinking what? and uh, writing with my heart, not with my head, because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a LeBron guy. You know, I'm okay. a LeBron guy. But look, when you think about it and you take a step back and take a deep breath, you know what it's all about? It's LeBron James against an All Star team. That's sure. what it was. You know, it was like the varsity against the JV. That's basically what it was. 
It was. I mean, we know how talented the Warriors are. There's no doubt, especially compared to the Cavs. It was a mismatch in talent. But the thing with LeBron that bugs me, Andy, is you can't punch a blackboard or a whiteboard and possibly break your hand and skate in terms of eluding criticism. How does that happen? I know he showed up in games two, three, and four, but I cannot imagine that his numbers wouldn't have been better if his hand was healthy, right? Like I'll go one step further. You cannot put yourself in a position like that where you're absolutely shouldering the load. There's no doubt about that. And if you're fully healthy, maybe that series is extended a game or two. Why would you lessen your chances if you're the greatest player in the game today and elude criticism? There's been minimal criticism for that. It's crazy. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I'll go one step further. You're one of those guys that likes to put a shekel here and there once in a while. Don't mm-hmm. you think it's the responsibility of the NBA and or the Cleveland Cavaliers to announce the fact that he had a broken hand? Because that would affect the line. That would no, affect the betting line. No. I, oh, they do, wait, the NFL, sure. the NFL tells you injuries all the time, right? Uh, great. That's This isn't the NFL. It's if sports. I'm the Cavs, if I'm the Cavs, unless Adam Silver is making us divulge all the information, I am not divulging a thing. All right? If they, if they somehow come back and penalize the Cavs or you know they have a policy going forward and they strictly enforce it and all that. Okay, great. Maybe we'll change the way we go about it. This is the NBA Finals. I'm not giving you any information unless I am absolutely obligated to do so and unless I pay this heavy price if I don't tell you what's up. I don't even think about telling you well, what's I, wrong I'm with I'm with LeBron. you. If I work for the Cavs organization, I'm tight-lipped, and, and I think I send a memo down from above to everybody in the organization, keep your mouth shut, nothing's wrong with LeBron. That's it. But I think that for the general public consumption, for the gambling, for Vegas, because if the NFL does it, why wouldn't the NBA do it? That's all I'm saying. Well, maybe they, maybe they think differently on that one because – I mean, really, here's an interesting question. What makes the NBA Finals more entertaining? Would it be not knowing LeBron has this real severe hand injury or knowing that he does and the betting line being affected? Seriously, which do you think is more interesting? I think knowing because then there's always the the question mark, will he play and how good will he be when he plays or if he plays, right? Right, right. It adds an element of intrigue. I I think you say that knowing the result, though. You know, yeah. if yeah. we backtrack to before game two, right? He heard this after game one. JR has the mental make, uh, meltdown and then LeBron says, hey, why don't I have a mental ma- <laughs> breakdown myself? And then go on these soliloquies of how we have to be cerebral and have basketball IQ. Meanwhile, you're basically breaking your hand punching things. <laughs> right. Really? You want right. to talk about being a hypocrite. That is at the height of it. But if you backtrack to before game two, is it more interesting knowing LeBron might have a broken hand? You could make an argument so, but I think it changes the dynamic. No doubt. Because in that space, you're probably rolling your eyes like, oh gosh, we know they're finished now, right? Yeah, right. And the whiteboard that he punched, let's face it, he really wanted to punch J.R. Smith in the face. That's what he wanted to do. So he took it out on the whiteboard. That's what he wanted because it was after game one. And he kind of said in the stories that I read that he was upset about the changing of the call with the offensive foul with KD. 
No, no, no. You were upset with your teammate because we saw we saw on tape the look on his face of desperation. Like, sure. what the hell are you doing? Really? Yeah. So he probably wanted to punch J.R. Smith in the face. Well, it was both. I'm sure it was the block charge reversal, and it was J.R. Smith with what he did. It was a culmination, losing game one like that. But we crushed Odell Beckham Jr. for punching a wall and breaking his hand. Or I don't remember if he broke his hand or he severely hurt his hand after the Giants lost to the Packers. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a game to play the next week. You know, like LeBron had a game to play a couple of days after game one. It's unbelievable to me that he hasn't he been criticized. There's no for doubt that. he skates. Hey, look, no, after, like, after the fourth he game. He doesn't skate with anything except for punching a whiteboard, possibly breaking his hand, and he doesn't get criticized for right, that. And he didn't, really? But he didn't get criticized after game four when he just picked himself up and left. I mean, I, I think he congratulated KD on the court and Steph Curry, yeah. but he didn't yeah, stay with fine. his teammates. He walked away. Yeah. Come on. I mean, and why is there criticism for that? I, I don't – look, he, he he dapped up the Warriors before he left the court. I don't have a problem with him leaving quickly. Well, I turned on the NBA TV him. after that game. One day with Charles Barkley had to say, and he basically reamed. He's the only one. He reamed LeBron saying that LeBron quit. He gave up. But, and maybe, obviously, he didn't know about the broken hand because now he has an excuse, but – Look, what did he have? One field goal in the third quarter? I mean, he only took like 13 or 14 shots. I mean, we'll pick up on that because Charles Barkley went after him. And rightfully so. No one else does. Maybe they're afraid. I don't know what it is. But if you've got an answer, you can let us know on Twitter. And how do you do that? At The No Show. We'd love to hear from you and we'll retweet it. At The No Show. Become a star with us. At the NOE show, at Andy Furman FSR, or 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. In this hour, we will have Bronx Talk. Yes, in hour number two, Bonham Barrel Betting. And in our third hour, Alex Marvez, who's the chic Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider. We'll also have nose picks. And, of course, we are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. But we're going to tell you the real story about the NBA Finals. That's next. In the end, this was the only story. We'll tell you why in just about a minute. 21 past the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. By the way, we're proudly brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And I, you know, I don't want to get too personal with my partner, Brian No, but I got to ask you, what the hell are you doing in Albany, New York? Uh, well, I, we, went to the, we went to New York City. A day Last or two nice. ago, there was a, it's like a radio conference we went, uh, really? I went to. Yeah, there was just, they have these radio things uh, throughout different parts of the country. So it was recommended that I check it out. So I did and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, picked up some good tips, you know. It's, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. You pick could up you some tips. Could you lay one on me? Could you lay one of those tips on me maybe? I, I there was one maybe. I thought was really interesting. There was uh, this guy, he was a Canadian program director. And I can't remember what city he's in, but uh, he was talking about doing something different every week. And he was like, take a different uh, path home, you know, drive home a different route, go to a different restaurant, go to a different grocery store, park in a different parking space, whatever. Just do something right. different each week because we're such creatures of habit. You start hanging around the same people. You start going to the same places. You start thinking the same way, talking the same way, all the things. Right. And he was like, just do that once a week and you'll see a big time difference. And he said one of his talents did that. He took a different way home and he 
realized how many um, places had closed down. And he's like, see, there you go. You started thinking right. a little bit differently. I thought that was very interesting, and there's some value to that. Were you the lone Fox Sports Radio representative at these meetings? Well, it was. there weren't a ton of people there. Okay. I, and it was mostly news talk is really what it was. But, you know, even these news programmers had some interesting thoughts about, you know, things that definitely apply to sports as well. So it was good. It was cool. Huh. So we hung out in the city. There and we came over here to Albany. So I do my normal shift. And then we'll uh, make the voyage back to the Nashville area. Sounds wonderful. I'm happy yeah. for you. I really am. I'm, I'm proud of you, really. I mean, you're out there learning, and I'm just sitting around on my fat ass. But that's okay. That's <laughs> so fine. Tweeting that's about all... the Cavs making a comeback from 0-3. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. all I do, sit and tweet all day long. <laughs> but but here, here's the deal. I mean, you talk about LeBron, and I think we both agree on this situation, that there are certain people, certain stars, and starstruck, I guess, media people that will not attack them. But there was one. And his name was Charles Barkley on NBA on TNT. Take a listen to what Charles, Sir Charles, had to say about LeBron after the championship. I was so disappointed. His passiveness, and it drained all the energy out of the rest of the Cavaliers. He came out passing the ball. I wanted to see somebody fight to the finish. Uh, but that left me mad more than anything. For him to come out and play like that with the game on the line, just be so passive. And you can see it drained the energy out of the rest of the players because they fed off his body language. Uh, just disappointed personally. Any media person that I see in person for the rest of my life who try to tell me LeBron James is good as Michael Jordan, I'm just going to slap the hell out of him right on the spot. <laughs> no question asked. The next person who walks up to me and say, LeBron James, who is amazing, amazing, as good as Michael Jordan, or competes like Michael Jordan, I'm just going to slap the hell out of you right on the spot, and I will take my chances with the judicial system. Okay, let's forget it. That's Charles Barkley. Let, let's forget about the Michael Jordan comparison. Let's talk about what he did in that game, and he only shot seven for 13. I think he like made one or two field goals the entire third quarter. Here's a guy, in my mind, and I know he wants to be a team player and give out the assist. He had eight assists in that final game. you got to shoot 25 to 30 times a game. And Steph Curry was 12 for 27. Durant took 17 shots. Why this guy is taking 13 shots when they depend upon him? And I'm seeing J.R. Smith heaving it up from, like, you know, Akron, Ohio instead of Cleveland. It makes me crazy. Really, it makes me crazy the way he shoots. I mean, he just it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I give Barkley a lot of credit because – Here's a guy who played the game and will eventually see LeBron face-to-face and he'll get back to him where other media people shun and shy away. Well, some of it had to trace back to the hand being hurt, and I don't give him a free pass on that. It's like, dude, if you're punching things, if you're punching a whiteboard... Hand versus the whiteboard. The whiteboard typically wins, okay? Like, it's just, it makes no sense whatsoever to punch something. And on top of that, you can't sit up there and be preaching being cerebral and having a high basketball IQ and the importance of that on a basketball team. When you're doing that, you can't sit there and say those things if you have hurt your team's chances because you were overly emotional after game one. That's first and foremost. So I but it definitely affected the way he played games two, three, and four. I'm not saying he didn't show up, but he just he didn't have the same force offensively that he would have. Now, to Charles' point, he was too passive. I, mm-hmm. I hate that we start piling up on LeBron, but these are legitimate criticisms where he's the best player in the league. He's on an undermanned team. Look at game three as a great example. 
down the stretch, that's a 50-50 ball game. Could have gone either way. Right. And he was passive. He, he was dishing the ball. He wasn't asserting himself where you're like, all right, it's winning time. You're playing on the Cavs and you're LeBron. Like, just take it to the rack and dunk it in someone's face or draw contact. No doubt. And he doesn't embrace that. Those moments where you should have that inner Jordan, like, I'm taking over this freaking game right now. He just doesn't have that. You know, the funny thing is you said one thing a way while back, and, and I keep that in the back of my mind, and it's so true. When you're good, when you're really good, you know, you expect so much on that bar that bar to be at that level all the time. For example, we talked about, you mentioned this, Russell Westbrook. He averaged a triple-double this year. It's like ho-hum, no big whoop. He did it two years ago. He got the MVP because they expect you to do that once you reach that level. Now, LeBron in the final game had 23 points, Seven boards, eight assists, which is a great stat line. But you know what? You you expect more from this guy because he did put up 51 one night. You guys got to put up 35 or more and maybe double-digit rebounds. You just expect so much more because he's so good. Well, and he's absolutely capable of doing those things. And it's the it's a do-or-die game in the series, you know? It's do or die, really, in game three. You got to win that game to have any chance whatsoever to at least extend the series, right? And they always say, a lot of people that subscribe to the theory that the series hasn't started until a home team loses that first game, right? Mm -hmm. So all the Warriors did was hold serve in games one and two. If the Cavs win that third game, we still haven't had a road victory, right? Right, And it's right there for the taking, and LeBron's just passing the ball in the final couple of minutes. And it's like, dude, like it's funny because the, the main criticism of Jordan and Kobe for the longest time was, well, do they make their teammates better, right? And then we look at LeBron trying to make his teammates better by passing the ball late, and all we say is, dude, just take the game over. Yeah, like, you can't make those guys better. Right. That's the problem. You can't. Right, right. But that's the point is sometimes you need that player to just not make his teammates better, but take over the game. And that was one of the best skill sets that Jordan had that was a huge asset to the Bulls that LeBron just, he's not even close to that same degree. He never has been. The shooting, I mean, it is so disgusting. I think they shot something like 34% Cleveland in the final game, 30 for 87. I mean, I see Division II college basketball teams shoot better from the outside than the Cleveland Cavs. I mean, George Hill, and I thought this guy ran the offense pretty darn good in the series against Boston, one for seven, one assist. I mean, come on. He's the guy that sets up your offense. George Hill was a major disappointment because you didn't know what you're going to get on a given day with George Hill. It, it, it disgusted me. See, I'm talking now, again, from my heart because I was rooting for Cleveland, and I looked like a real schmuck on Twitter when I said they were going to come back and win when they're down 0-3. But that's another story for another day as we move on. Hey, we'll welcome your tweets as well. You could look like a schmuck like me at Andy Furman FSR or at the No Show, NOE Show, or 877-99 on Fox, 877 Six sixty-three, sixty-nine. Well, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, he was right again, and I was shocked. We'll tell you all about it next, but first, to our guy, Uncle Ralph Urban, for the latest. Well, thank you very much, Andy, and we begin with Major League Baseball, where the Seattle Mariners have been in first place in the AL West, but they fell Saturday 7-3 in Tampa Bay. Mariners now tied with the Houston Astros atop the division as... 
Houston was a 4-3 winner at Texas. George Springer with the game-winning RBI in the seventh inning. The Mag- the, the Yankees beat the Mets 4-3. New York has won four straight games. The Yankees now sit atop the AL East, half game ahead of Boston, who is a 4-2 winner at the White Sox. Cleveland out in front in the AL Central. Four games up on Detroit, but Saturday they fell to Detroit 4-2. In the National League, Washington and Atlanta atop the NL East. The Nats, a 7-5 win over San Francisco. The Braves, 5-3 winners at the Dodgers. Milwaukee hammered Philadelphia 12-3. They lead the Central. In Arizona, on top of the West, they were 12-7 winners at Colorado. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. At the Belmont Stakes, Justify is your winner. He takes home the Triple Crown and an undefeated record, only the second horse ever to accomplish that feat, along with Seattle Slough back in 1977. Andy, back to you. Thank you so very much, Ralph Irvin. We'll see you in about an hour. But there was an argument after it was all over. We'll tell you all about that in just about a minute. But we want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And we'll have Bronx talk in about 10 minutes from now. Brian, no, I know you love that, so we'll get rolling there. You know, we talked about what's happened in the finals, but I think the big argument has to be the MVP trophy. Kevin Durant won his second. Steph Curry has never won a finals MVP, and I believe he should have won it this time. And the voting, I checked that out. It was 7-4 KD over Curry. KD won it in Game 3, I'm sure, because he scored 43, shooting 15 for 23. In Game 3, Curry was a miserable 3 for 16, although Golden State won by 8 in that game. But uh, in Game 2, Curry set that record. Nine for 17 he said, uh, with a nine final three-pointers. So I, I think it could have gone either way, but KD's, I think that one three-pointer like was almost at half court that like buried the Cavaliers in that third game. I think that yeah. maybe put him over the hump. Maybe. I, I, I well, don't know. I, I don't mean, know who votes. Steph Curry was a total no-show in that same game. He did not show up at all. He was terrible in game three. There was not one game in this series that Kevin Durant was terrible in. It should have been Kevin Durant. He deserved it. He had more points in the series, more rebounds in the series, more assists in the series, more blocks in the series than Steph Curry had. Yet all these Steph Curry fanboys and girls are like, (laughs) Steph Curry was robbed. He wasn't close to being robbed. Like, if you want to make the argument that Steph should have won it over KD, I disagree with that, but at least there's some logic in it, right? Right, But to say that Steph Curry was robbed, anybody saying that is officially out of their mind. You can't say someone was robbed when they have less points, less rebounds, less assists, less blocks, less everything but three-pointers made in a series. That's not close to being robbed. Right, and the th- the funny thing is, if you want to say KD had a bad game, his bad game to me was the 18.9 rebound and 9 assist game, and that was the game that Steph had 3 for 16 from the field in game 3, and I guess that put him over the hump, and KD won it for the second year in a row, and really and truly, I don't think it's that big of a deal, really. I, I mean, I almost thought that really and truly that some of the voters would vote 
for LeBron as the MVP, I think the only losing team MVP mm-hmm. ever had been Jerry West. I thought they might vote for LeBron. Maybe he did get some votes. I, I don't know. I don't no, even know who none. votes. You got none. Who yeah, does I'll the voting? You. Do you know? I'll who tell does you. The- well, there's 11 media members. Okay, okay, so it was 7-4, and that was it, yeah. 7-4. to four, So the people who voted for Steph Curry, you had John Barry from ESPN Radio. Right. You had uh, Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press. Ramona Shelbourne from ESPN.com. These are all people who voted for Steph Curry and Steve Ashburner from NBA.com. Those are all the Steph Curry people. Um, right. Then you had of the some of the Kevin Durant people, Howard Beck of Bleacher Report, Mark Medina of the Bay Area News Group, Rachel Nichols of ESPN, Jeff Van Gundy voted for Kevin Durant, and uh, Jeff Zilgit of USA Today voted for Kevin Durant. Some of those people uh, voting for KD, but KD was the the better choice. Yeah. And, and again, Andy, it's like you look at KD's game three, scoring forty three points on twenty three shots. It's amazing. It's he was amazing. unbelievable in game three. It was an iconic performance in that three from 35, 36 feet, whatever it happened to be. That was insane. Like, and more than that, Van Gundy, KD. when he was shooting those and making those shots, Van Gundy was commenting, hey, look, there's been great defense on this guy. You just can't stop him. And there was. Kevin Love had his hand in his face. They showed it on replays. He just couldn't stop. I'm amazed. It's, it's a tremendous. A guy 6'10 who could shoot like that. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. And it matters because we always talk about KD and joining a 73-win team that beat him and all that stuff. To be the finals MVP in back-to-back seasons, that's big for Kevin Durant. Absolutely it is. So it doesn't change the narrative completely, but for anybody saying, hey, you had to join the Warriors and they took you to a title, that's not the case. Like, yeah, he joined the Warriors and it was a punk move to do that. Yeah, he's a carpetbagger. But he wasn't taken to a championship by them solely. Like when yeah. you're the finals MVP in back-to-back seasons, you're yeah, leading a, the way he's taking a, vital a team cog. to the championship. There's no day yeah. a vital cog in that. You know, and, and look, before we bow out of here and get ready for our Bronx talk, because I know you love that, and Sammy K's putting his makeup on right now, yeah. let's talk about this Colangelo thing, because I do give you credit. And I'm, I'm almost shocked. I really am. And to me, the story wasn't as big nationally as I thought it would be. I think the 76 has put it, you know, they ended it very quickly. Colangelo resigned, and that was the end of it. And I always said that our society is based on second chances, I guess, every for everybody, except for Brian Colangelo, you know, resigning as president of basketball operations, a general manager of the 76ers. His wife did admit to operating Twitter accounts that criticized team members and propped up Colangelo. But even the NBA commissioner, and I read this fully. Adam Silver cautioned the 76ers on a, quote, rush to judgment. And I think it was a rush to judgment, although sometimes it's best served to end it and put an end to any negative situation at that point in time rather than let it linger on. Well, I mean, there's a lot of layers to this thing. And the statement by Brian Colangelo about his wife was oh. like, whoa, like I a know. portion of it. He wrote, her actions were a seriously misguided effort to publicly defend and support me. And while I recognize how inappropriate <laughs> these actions were, she acted independently and without my knowledge or consent. And then he went on and he was like, hey, but uh, we're a family and we'll work through this thing. But he totally threw her under the bus, you know, and it's I, he just made it very well known. Like, yo, she did it, not me. So you guys know going forward. 
but I think it's the best thing to move on and resign here. It's just, you know, it, put yourself in Brian Colangelo's shoes if that's exactly the way it went down. If you're telling your wife, like, hey, man, this this injury with Embiid or this situation with Okafor, whatever, and she's putting it on Twitter with these burner wow. accounts, and you pay the price... That'd be tough to take, right? Well, we'll tell you this much. He, he did come out and say she was acting independently. She's going to be acting a little more independently because I'm seeing a divorce down the down the road. I'm seeing a divorce perhaps down oh, the road. Man. They'll both be acting independently. I believe me. I'm telling you. Well, you never know. It's possible. Um, but look, man, if you're divulging sensitive materials that you shouldn't be, you oh, run man. the risk of something like this happening. So I, I get that it's a bitter pill for Brian Colangelo to take if that's exactly the way the story played out, if that's the case, which I, I don't know. I, I can't believe that's completely only his wife's doing, but right. that's the story we got. It's like you you messed with your job because the way it played out, you're at the very best case scenario talking trash about your current players right. behind their backs. Like, well, I will tell you this much. One day, one day, my friend Brian, you will become a parent. And probably you'll be a very defensive parent, as most parents are, maybe even a helicopter parent. And mm-hmm. I think that I looked at this story, and yes, Brian Colangelo is a man. There's no doubt about that. He's been a GM in Toronto, now a GM and president in Philadelphia. But Daddy came to the rescue. Jerry Colangelo, the Hall of Famer, who was the owner of the Phoenix Suns, who was the interim GM of the 76ers, came to his son's defense and said, quote, and I read this the other day, that he would do harm. He would do harm to the 76ers if, in fact, they fired Brian. And I think, you know, he's proud papa, I know, but... I just thought the Colangelo name meant so much and the Hall of Famer, mm, what Jerry no. meant to the NBA, and they still, you know, he's gone. I don't know. It's, it's, well, it, it, it hurts like business. That's the thing. Yeah, it hurts yeah. business. The bottom line is business. Yeah, of course. I mean, what are, free agent's going to want to go to Philadelphia knowing that he may be tweeting out the that's fact exactly that— That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, not to make this an anthem thing, but people think that the NFL feels a certain way about the treatment of black people in this country. It's, no, they feel a certain way about— business being affected that's exactly. the bottom line it's the same thing with the sixers yeah the colangelo name it's prestigious and all that stuff but if it hurts business and there are potential free agents that look sideways at the sixers like is colangelo going to be talking trash about me right like, why would i want to go there you right. got to move on man it's time to punt and that's what they did okay and now i'm thinking hey maybe it was lebron james that said to the league I might go to Philadelphia as a free agent, but I'm not going there if Brian's there. Oh, you know, gosh, now, you know conspiracy really? theory. Conspiracy no, theory. Man, come I, on. Know. I know. But it's funny because Woj from ESPN, he's reporting that there are current GMs that have jobs that are trying to right. get out of those roles to be the new GM of the Sixers because that's a gig that... Man, you talk about stability and great young talent to build around. Upward that movement. is a premium job right there. And no Colangelo has got to be even more bent that he's out of the picture knowing that. You're exactly right. Brian, no Andy Furman live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You know what? We're ready for a good argument. So off we go to the Bronx. That's next. Bronx talk right around the bend about 11 minutes before the top of the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. We're proudly brought to you by Geico. And what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes? 
could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Well, it means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. We got a game to play. We got an argument to do. Let's do it right now. Do it. Guys, it's time to channel your inner New Yorker. We want to hear all the irrationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. Up yours, you Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio, hosted by the great Sammy K. Oh, my trash heaps. Good to be with you. Yeah, baby. You smell terrific, and I'm feeling saucy. Let's get down to it. Have you ever smelled a trash heap that smells good? Huh? Oh, yes. Out of the gate. Smell you guys. In a bad way, Sammy K. You smell terrific. (laughs) Here we go. We've been talking a little LeBron, right? Where's he going to go next? Am I a little biased here, or do I want to see LeBron as a New York Nick or even that other crap team, the <laughs> Nets? What do you guys think? Could he ever come to New York? He could do some I, I don't think the Knicks can afford. They can't get him under the cap. They can't get him under the cap. And you know what, though? I'm saying this. I was wrong. You know what, Bray? I was wrong when I said the Cavs were going to win it down 3-0. I'm going to be wrong again, but I think I'm speaking What are you talking heart. about? What, 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 who? He's going to stay. He's not going anywhere. He's staying in Cleveland. He's staying. He's not staying. He's he he coming to New York. Cleveland. He ain't he's staying, staying in Cleveland. He ain't staying there. The roster ain't good enough. And, of course, he's not going to take a step backward and go to the freaking Knicks, Knicks of the Nets. Like Why not? He could host Saturday Night Live. Think- he'd be perfect. He could eat a lot better than he does in Cleveland. He'd be he'd be much happier in New York. Their yeah, rosters combined better can't delis. be better than the, the Cavs roster right now around LeBron James. He ain't going to either of those dumpster teams. He needs to go to the big stage. A he's lot of staying. draw. He'd draw him in. Even go to the Nets. He could hang out with Jay-Z. I don't know. Is he still the on Nets. that team? I don't know. It's partial. On. The right. Nets couldn't beat the Cavaliers. They probably couldn't. You're right. All right, let's move on. We'll talk more LeBron some other time. All right, guys, here's the deal. What what the hell are we going to do with our time? Horse racing's over. The uh, Capitals have been crowned the Stanley Cup champs. There's nothing left to do. What are we going to do with our free time? That Why don't you read a book? book? Why don't you read, read a book? book? I don't even know how to read. You got the Canadian Football League. You got the WNBA. Ah, Canadian uh. Football League. What are you talking about? You got MLB. You <laughs> oh got everything God, going on. Come on now. Look, look, look. I'll pay attention to sports. I'll pay attention to sports, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to play a little bit of guitar, a little more guitar. Ah, You know, I like to play guitar. But you know what I did, Sammy K? Because you set up this question. I'm quick on the Google. I Googled things to do, like hobbies, stuff like that. It came up 30 fun, cheap hobbies that are perfect for summer. Yeah, tell me what. So I'm like, here we go. What we got? What? You know what it was? What What you got? It was a freaking slideshow. I ain't clicked on the first thing. I have no idea what it's to do listicle. now. I hate slideshow well, so what, websites. They're terrible. What are your hobbies, Brian? What are you going to do? I'm going to shine my Buffalo nickel collection. You tell yeah, me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Right. I'm going to okay, read the newspaper, fine. and I'm going to do A something newspaper? else. What's that? I don't know. I don't even know how to read. I told you that. All right, last thing here, my guys. Oh, yeah. Well, before the last thing, I just want to say one thing. All right, we're not a sad show usually. We're a mad show. But I got to give out to a shout-out to a guy Anthony Bourdain, oh. travel host. We lost him to suicide, a sadly. A working man chef. Got to start in New York. Born in New York. I am devastated from this loss. I absolutely love this guy. What a great storyteller. The best storyteller cool on dude. earth. So cool. I oh. love this guy. It, it's, it's, it's so sad. Why are we losing all these cool to guys? His family and friends. Thoughts R. and R. prayers R. to the ones R. he R. left. No, we're just losing too many cool dudes. I'm yeah, telling you. Know. All right, last thing here. 
People who use their cell phone speakers in public, get out of here! Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm get with out you. Of here. I don't want to hear that muck. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot of noisy things to do that. It's a noisy thing. You know what, guys? This happened to me. I had to get tires for the lovely Christina's oh, automobile. Put your on. Oh, and me. there was a guy watching TV on his phone. And you know what I oh, did? I went over to him. Drives me up the wall. Hey, shut up, Sammy K. You're being way too talkative right here. Here's what I did. I took that cell phone and I smacked it out of his hand. Oh, I took a tire and I threw it around his arm so he couldn't even move that's his what hand. That's what you get for being a right. cell phone. You don't do that. Good for you. Good for you. The Golden State Warriors have one less road trip. We'll explain that in just about a minute. But right now, don't you dare move because it's that time. Yes, it is. Good morning, America. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote as we roll into hour number two. My partner, my friend, coming to you from his home base, Albany, New York, the man himself, Brian No. Hello, B. How are you? How did donuts doing uh they were fine i had a couple of donuts before the show began they're sticking with me very nicely i i did radio here but not the home grounds andy Furman. home away from home but some old stomping grounds yes here in the 518 of albany new york but you know my hometown of south bend indiana you know right. that'll you know, never change I, I would have to say besides notre dame there's not much else going on we don't need anything else going on in south bend but Albany, I guess when you were there, wasn't too big because the New York football giants had their preseason training camp in Albany for a long time. Well, yeah, they did. And it was funny because I don't know if it was the very first year I was here that they didn't come to Albany. There was some weird, I don't even remember it now, it was a huge deal at the time, but there was some sort of story and they didn't come over to Albany and they did one year later and that was the final year and They've never been back since. So they do it more at their the Giants headquarters now. And that happened a, right. a few years ago. But I only saw them one time when I was here in Albany. They were only here one time when I was here over those three years. Okay, so besides that, you have uh, University of Albany. Their basketball team is not too bad. They, they've come a long way. The Albany basketball team in their MEAC conference. Uh, they play like I think a Knickerbocker Arena. Is that it? Or Knickerbocker, no, on Knickerbocker no, Avenue it, in Albany. It's like Times like. Square Union, uh, Times Union. What is it? Times Union Center, I think, is what Maybe it is. Maybe after the newspaper, the, the Albany Times Union. Right, right. So they're over there, but you know, they make the tournament every now and then. That's about it. What about? I think there's a minor league <laughs> hockey team they have in Albany too. No. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, yes. I don't know if they're even still here, the Albany Devils. But man, when yeah. I ran that station, they were a pain in the rectum to deal with. Really? Goodness, Why is that? gosh. Oh, they thought they were the Yankees. They'd be like, why aren't you talking about us? Why don't we have more promos? Because you're the freaking devils and no one cares. That's why. Actually, you were but the you, devil to them. <laughs> but you got to, you know, you got to toe the line and be like, well, you know, we'll uh, we'll give you this promo. And it's just, it's such an annoyance, man. Some of those minor league teams are an absolute burden to work with. If they give you money, they feel like they're entitled to the world. And it's like, no, you guys stink and no one cares about you. So it'd be stupid for us to like prop you up like you're this huge draw. You know, that's yeah, the truth of it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that think it's the job of the media to promote them. And it really isn't because I think the media, I don't want to get into this to such a situation, but it's the job of the media to cover them on the basis of how much interest is there in that team. 
Really? Right. Now, we have a minor league team in Cincinnati in soccer right now in the USL, United Soccer careful, League. Careful, careful. Are I know, they above I know. I'll give an example. I know it's in, Are I'm they treading above on, 500 I'm, in Cincinnati, Andy Furman? Oh, they're in first place. They're in first okay, place in the okay. USL, right, and they right. average about twenty-two to 25000 a game, and next year they're going to be in the MLS. And they got coverage because there's a big crowd, big, you know, regardless yeah. of the fact they're minor league, but there's an interest in them. But we also have a minor league baseball team to the south in Florence, Kentucky, and you can't find them with a search warrant in the newspaper or anyplace else. That's the way it is. Right, absolutely. It's look, man. It's one of these things where I get that people love their certain teams or love their certain sports, but if they aren't drawing in terms of ratings or attendance, they shouldn't be covered extensively, right? right. And I get that you might be a diehard baseball fan, a diehard hockey fan, or a diehard fan of a minor league team in your city, but if they aren't producing ratings, if they aren't drawing monster attendance then you, you don't have an argument to say, why aren't you talking about them and nothing else? It's like, because you aren't one of the masses. You're one of the minority that right. you love this team or this sport. That's just the way it goes, man. Right. You're exactly right. But I tell you what, everybody was following, I guess, uh, I don't know how the ratings were for the finals of the NBA, the championship game, the fourth game, because I think people knew at that point in time, it was over, except me. I'm the only moron that said Cleveland was going to come back and win. But I, someone in Cleveland must be on my side because I was. I thought they would win. But Golden State won it in Cleveland for the sweep last year. They won it in Cleveland in Game 5. But don't have any more fears because no more road trips because our president will not be inviting the Warriors to the White House. And you know what? To me, that's a tradition that I think right now is broke, and I think it's wrong. I think it's great. I think it's great for a team. I, I would love to go. If I was on a team, I'd love to go to the Rose Garden, go to the White House. And what's happened right now with politics involving sports, it, it makes me sick. Because this was a tremendous tradition where the president would normally get a jersey with his name on it from the team that won. And now it's kind of gone kaput. It's just it's just a bad thing. And, and look, I don't want to get involved in politics. I'm just saying this is a tradition. You like the guy or not. You hate the guy or not, what he stands for. The point is you're going there because it's the White House, not because of the man. Going for the office, not because of the man, but you know, too many athletes right. are not going because of the man. And he doesn't well, want them right. anyway. Right. Well, that's the thing is Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, said that he was saddened by it, you know. And he's speaking along the same lines as you because it was. It was a really cool tradition. But I think that it's wrong to just blame the players and not blame President Trump. Because he has a lot to do with this, and clearly he wants the last word. He's not doing anything to bridge this gap in terms of trying to get in the good graces and trying to keep the peace with the players. He's like, well, fine, screw you then. You're not invited anyway. <laughs> right, you know, right. He just wants the last word, and I would prefer him to say something that would bridge that gap so we could rekindle what's a really cool tradition, you know? And he's not doing that. If anything, he's pouring gas on the fire and making the divide even greater between players and the White House right now. I, I wish it wasn't like that, but that's exactly the way it is. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, you know, when the Eagles said they weren't going to go, I guess it was Trump this, ah, I'll get the last word in. You know what? I don't want anybody from the NBA <laughs> right. to come. I mean, come on, open the door. Open the door, like, you know, meet them halfway, because it's not that I love or despise Trump. It has nothing to do with that. This is a tradition that's wonderful, and I promise you there is someone somewhere on the Golden State roster, maybe the coaching staff, that they'd love to go and go to the White House and shake hands, not so much with 
Trump, but with the president. Separate the fact uh, of the man and what he's doing and the the office that he represents. There's a difference there. I went to the White House to shake the hand of the president. Who was the president? That doesn't mean mean anything right now. I went there because we deserve to be there. I hear you, but that's the thing is what I would look at President Trump, I would prefer him to say something like, look, I have a certain stance when it comes to the anthem. You guys are well aware of it. You might think differently, and that's the beauty of America. We can think differently and put those differences aside and still behave peacefully in the company and presence of one another. So you guys are more than welcome. I hope that you will accept this invitation. Something along those lines. I would much rather hear that, but instead he's like, hey, up yours. You're not invited anyway. That's not going to help anything. Screw you. You're not coming. Yeah. It's just propping up his own profile, and he should be less concerned about that and more focused on let's bridge the gap here, and that's just not his mentality. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one team that wasn't going to go to the White House are uh, uh, my Cleveland Cavaliers, and, and you know what? This is st- and you, you love these nuggets. You love these. This is unbelievable, really. After being swept Friday night by Golden State, the Cavaliers finished the playoffs with a negative point differential, have been outscored on the whole, get this, 2,263 to 2,225. They were the first NBA finalist since the 2 Jersey Nets to allow more points than they scored. That, that, that's unbelievable. Indiana Pacers outscored them 704 to 664 in the first round, and they only outscored the Celtics by six points in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that tells me how bad the defense was. So everybody's crying about LeBron not scoring 50 every game. You know what? It doesn't make a difference. Their defense was so porous, and we saw that. They were like 27th or 28th in the league in defense all year long. They were terrible. Yeah, well, we know the Warriors were going to win the series anyway. Right, We knew that was going to happen, whether LeBron had a completely healthy hand or whether it was nearly broken or broken because he went Van Damme on a whiteboard. You know what? <laughs> we knew that the Warriors were going to win the series, but that doesn't absolve LeBron of doing something stupid, right? Right, right. Like, you can't hit a whiteboard and possibly break your hand and just be like, oh, well... No big deal. They were going to lose anyway. It's like you're taking whatever percentage chance the Cavs had of at least extending the series and lessening it. Like, how does that not get criticized more? It's unbelievable to me. It's just exactly what you said, Andy, was we knew the Warriors were going to win this series anyway. And it just turns into one of these like, "Eh, it doesn't really matter. No, it does matter. It does matter because if LeBron James is fully healthy versus possibly having a break broken hand, that makes a difference. It makes an impact. There's no doubt. But here's the thing. I I know you got to be shocked with this. With our 24-7 news cycle, how shocked are you that this did not come out after game one? I'm I'm totally shocked. I mean, with the media that we have today, I mean, if they could get Brian Colangelo's wife on Twitter accounts, you can't have someone in that locker room, some towel boy calling somebody, hey, guess what? LeBron broke his hand. I mean, really and truly, there had to be someone from above, the GM or maybe the president of the organization said, look, anybody who leaks this out is fired. I mean, really, I, I don't understand how that didn't get out. And I think it's the classic case of some people in the media picking and choosing what gets reported and what no, they know. I think if they knew, t- they'd no, 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 listen, listen, listen. You got to listen to this one. All right. And knowing what teams and certain players truly want to be off the record. 
Okay, because Brian Windhorst, he was one of the guys who was like, you could see LeBron with an ice pack on his hand after a game. You could see him like uh, squeezing a tennis ball. Right. You're starting to connect these dots and you're a media member. You're like, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. You start doing some digging. It's amazing what you can uncover. But I think that some media members, they will at times, you know, absolutely say if something's off the record, they will honor it and they won't put something out there that they know a team or a certain player does not want on the record and exposed because all of a sudden those favors and those inside scoops that they're getting, they're not there anymore. So, so you're that's telling me that what happens. there were media people who travel with the team or are close to the team knew about that, but were told, hey, look, guys, this is off the record. I don't want this to get out. You're telling me that they knew. I think that there was enough information that if a media member wanted to do some digging, they would have found this out. And I believe that it's very possible a media member did know what was going on and didn't report it. I absolutely believe that. Well, you know what? You're probably right, because I cannot believe in this day and age that was kept under the rug. I mean, really, because right now, a story has come out on CBSSports.com that there's some internal bickering that's going to come out in the next couple of days with Golden State. Like right. A big sto- right? Have you read that one? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What, You've what got could that uh, be Mark all about? Spears with ESPN. Mark Spears had tweeted. He talked to David West, and David West's quote about the infighting was, y'all got no clue. No clue. That tells you about this team that nothing came out. Yeah, so there's will. some something going on behind the scenes, and it's amazing how it didn't trickle onto the court. You don't look at the Warriors as a selfish team whatsoever. They right. share the ball, they they play for one another, and all of that. But yeah, there's some infighting. There's some stuff behind the scenes. Not a shocker that happens with a lot of teams, especially sure. teams with as many alpha dogs as the Warriors have. I can't wait for that story to come out, really and truly. Hey, if somebody knows it, tweet it to us. Really? You could be a star here. How? At the No Show, NOE Show, or at Andy Furman, FSR. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And by the way, later this hour, bottom barrel betting. Yes, it is. So don't go anywhere. Hour number three, the Sheik will join you, Alex Marvez. And we'll also have nose picks. But this was the story we all missed. We'll tell you all about it next. Where did all the ladies go? That's coming right up. But right now, it's about 20 past the hour. We call it Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Firm. By the way, pro customers at Lowe's save 5% on every purchase every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% on all purchases in store or online. Subject to credit approval, U.S. only. Okay, my partner Brian No has got some tweets. Let's hear these tweets, Mr. No. All right, Tommy checks in, Andy, and says the association should use 10 referees instead of three. That way, each player on the floor would have his own (laughs) official to whine to on every whistle. It's kind of funny. Of course, it's completely hating on the NBA, but that's kind of funny. There was a lot of whining during the NBA Finals, yes. Mr. Nice Guy, how about this one, Andy? He says, Steph Curry has never used his knee injury as an excuse for his L in 2016. LeBron waited seven minutes after his L talking about the the hand injury that he had. What do you make of that? What do you think about that? Well, you know what? I don't think Steph Curry ever used an excuse, but the media has always excused him when he had a bad game. That's true. He when he had a had bad to. game, the media has yeah. always said it's always his knees that are hurting or he's coming off an injury. I know. You know it, it's crazy. I mean, it really it's amazing. Is. It really it's amazing. Is. He shoots the ball badly and people are like, he must be injured. It's yeah, like maybe injured. he had a bad game. Who knows? Yeah. And here's one last one, Andy. 
Watch Doxman checks in. Listen to this one. We've got a conspiracy theory here. Sounds like LeBron was laying the predicate for leaving town by showing how bad the team is around him. Hey, I kept feeding them the ball and they couldn't throw it in the ocean. You can't expect me to stay for more of that. I like, still think look, he's going to stay. He's because not going to stay. If, if you heard, leave. he says he's going to take it up with his family. He's got a teenage son right now. Got a young daughter. His wife is from the Akron area. I, I just think that there really isn't a team, honestly, that he could go to that has the wherewithal that could really get him to that finals and win it all again. Unless Cleveland goes out there in free agency and gets a couple of free agents because they only, Cleveland has the eighth pick. I think if Cleveland would have got a lottery pick, there's no doubt in my mind he would have That is a lottery pick. That's They're in they the think, lottery. Well, yeah, it's just but eighth, eighth overall. But eighth yeah. overall is not really the, the major pick. Right. Like, like, Andy, if you think that his situation can't be better elsewhere than Cleveland, you're a crazy person. Wait, could is be LA better, better with the Sixers. Could be is better LA with better? LA, depending on who he's able to team up with. Could be better in Houston if he went that direction. Like To think that Cleveland is the top of where his situation could no, be. No, it's not the top. No, no, no. no. Right, right, right. But, but right. that's his so, home. That's okay, his home. fine. It's home. But I still think he's leaving. But here's the thought, though, based on the tweet. Thought of there are all these conspiracy theories with LeBron James. Here's the deal: LeBron wasn't trying to lose the finals. Okay, he wasn't trying to prove how bad his supporting cast is he didn't by have throwing to prove them the ball it. in crunch time. Like right. he's trying to win. You can still leave if you win a title. He could go wherever he wanted to right. after winning a title, which would be way better. Than losing another title. He's trying to win. Don't that's think that he's intentionally yeah. blowing a finals. Yeah. Silly. That's like those 76 of fanboys after they won the first round. I mean, come on. It, it's stupid. It's stupid. First of all, he wants to win. He wants to win more than anything else. He, he wanted to ch- chase the ghost. He wants the six championship rings, which I don't think he's going to see right now. You I'll know, tell it, you, though. I'll uh, tell you, Andy, real quickly. There isn't a sport or a league that produces more crazy conspiracy theories than the NBA. It's the officials. It's, oh, LeBron passed in the final minute to just show that his teammates are bad. (laughs) There are conspiracy theories galore. There is no other sport, no other league that even begins to compete with the NBA in that capacity. And that's what makes it great. It really does. Because it makes a lot of fodder, a lot of conversation. I think it's good because right now, you know, what are you going to talk about? Baseball or LeBron's destination? Think about that. What's the topic of conversation? What's the A topic in sports between now and the 29th of June when LeBron can commit and make his decision? Really? It's going to be LeBron, right? Well, there's going to be there'll be a lot of football stories. Of oh yeah, course, we're going we'll to ramp camp. up the football, yeah. which is fantastic. There's going to be a lot of stuff with that. There'll be some big time uh, deals signed, you know, in the off season with some of these guys trying to get their monster contract extension. Right. So we'll have that. Well, I mean, this is and the draft. I love these. Uh, what and the NBA and the NBA draft to be a story. Oh yeah, well. right, right. Yeah. The NBA draft. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, I was thinking NFL draft. I was like, goodness, we're going to go back to that because <laughs> we were just talking football. <laughs> yeah. But I mean. This is the creative time of the sports year. I don't look at it as the oh, dead yeah. time for I'm what with we you. do. This, this really, because if you're in week six of the NFL, anybody can talk about that. You got material for days, right? Now you don't have material for this days. This is great. I what love this. What can you come up with? Because yes. this is what we talk about. Like you could go and fetch a story and, and create. be creative. And that's what we're yes. going to do. And I talk about where are the ladies. Ladies, listen to this. Not a single woman made the Forbes list of the top 100 top-earning athletes this year. Hey, look, the magazine has said uh, annual ranking of top 100 athletes. Not one woman 
Can you believe that? Now, where's the Me Too movement on this? Not one woman made the top 100. Now, obviously, uh, tennis champ Serena Williams was the only female on last year's list, but they had that 14-month absence starting in January of 17 to give birth to her first child, Olympia. So she wasn't on the list this year. But however, last year she ranked 51 with 27 million in earnings. It's crazy. Did you see that list in Forbes by the top 100 earnings? I did not, no. Do you want to take a guess who, like, number one was? And I was shocked. I wasn't shocked with the amount of money. I was shocked that he was number one, though. Uh, what was this? The most earned money in yeah. what year? What year? Uh, 2017? Pa- yeah. Past okay. Year. An athlete that earned the most money. Wow. Yes. Uh, I would immediately think some soc- soccer phenom. Well, you're That's close, because would... a soccer phenom was two and three. Okay. Who was a number boxer one? Was not boxer. Floyd Money Mayweather. Oh, really? Money May. Well, two, you 285 mil. <laughs> 285 mil. He had that wow. one fight against that one guy, uh, McGregor, right? Kind of a big payday. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> like it. That. It's amazing yeah. because uh, Floyd Mayweather topped the list for the fourth time in seven years. Not just this time. Fourth time in seven years. Then wow. soccer stars Lionel Messi and Ronaldo took second and third. Uh, with the respect of 111 million and 108 million, then Conor McGregor ranked fourth with 99 million. Then another yeah. soccer player came in fifth. But you know what? It's funny. The NFL makes its first appearance on the rankings at number nine with Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matty Ryan, who was said to earn like 67.3 million last year. That's amazing when you think about it, really. And baseball's like nowhere to be found. Hockey's nowhere to be found on huh. here. It's amazing. It really is truly amazing when you think about it. And now the only thing that I look at this list and say, instead of studying all these years when I was a little tyke, why did I go to the park and play harder and learn? Learn sports. Stick the money. Look at well, the money in sports. Well, the reason is there's a lot of athletes doing the same thing. Like when you're you're able to make that amount of money. They should be making that because it generates that much money. Of course, no I want it divided up with the players that are drawing that type of attendance. So if you've got the skill, if you're able to throw the ball like Matt Ryan or you know do all the things that Lionel Messi can do, you're going to get paid like Lionel Messi. And right? deservedly so. That's yes. right. So right. no one's getting screwed here. It's like if you've got the talent, if you can produce to the same level – you're going to get that paycheck. That's the right. way it works. Right. And another story that didn't get much attention, and it's a sport because it's competition. The Miss America pageant will lose the swimsuits. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's, it's a, a competition. It's a sport. If it's it's a not competi- a sport. It's a you competition. If there's a ball and you sweat, it's a sport. Wh- where's the ball well, you in sweat. the Miss America pageant? These women pageant. are sweating. Believe me, they're sweating. <laughs> Look, yeah. man, don't don't tell me it's a sport, okay? It's it a competition. Granted. Look, is um is Texas Hold'em a sport because it happens to be a competition? Is that a sport now? Well, you know what? It's on the ESPN network, so entertainment sports programming. Is it a programming. sport? Is it a sport? Uh, there's somewhat skill to it, I'd say yes. No, Andy, competition. no, it's Why not, not a sport. It's well, different. We would argue about that. Competition okay, but- doesn't make it a sport. Oh, really? I thought yeah, it did. really. Competition no. doesn't make it a sport. Yeah, absolutely not. Dart, darts is a sport. There's competition in it, right? I mean, uh, if, if they can have synchronized swimming in the Olympics, it's a sport. Synchronized swimming is now an Olympic sport. Boral dancing. Is, uh, let me ask you this. Is um, a pie-eating contest a sport? Well, you know what? The, the hot dog eating contest on the 4th of July at Nathan's Famous in Corny Island, that's a sport. Really, you, people train for it. Do you say it's a sport, though? 
Uh, I wouldn't consider that basically a sport. I'm throwing really you would. off here, though. What was your original thing here with the Miss America pageant? Oh, okay, the Miss America pageant will lose the swimsuits. And I say, what? And this is a <laughs> cultural shift from the Me Too movement. Now, the chairman is Gretchen Carlson. Gretchen Carlson, believe it or not, used to be a news anchor in Cincinnati on the uh, ABC affiliate. And she said, now she's in charge now of the whole deal. She's quoted here, we are no longer judging candidates on their Outward physical appearance. Now, she was a Miss America winner in 1989. Then she's the one that sued Fox. So to me, it seems somewhat hypocritical what she's doing now. Perhaps Miss Carlson should be concerned. No one single woman made the Forbes list. Do something about that, Miss Carlson, really, in the top earnings. But to get rid of the swimsuit? You know, if you thought nobody watched that event on TV for the last several years, <laughs> now, they'll ne- now they won't even look for it. The ratings well, there will be worse than the WNBA. You know, there's more flesh wow. watching a WNBA game than watching wow. the Miss America pageant. Think okay. about that. But here's the thing. <laughs> to say that you are no longer judging candidates on their outward physical appearance, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Like you, right. you don't have to have them in bathing suits. But to think that you can put them in whatever you want to, these are still beautiful women, right? So right. to say that there's no, nothing, there's no bearing on their outward physical appearance, not their faces, not their their figures, nothing. Just because the swimsuits went away, you are full of it. There's Thank no you. Way. Thank <laughs> there's you. no way that doesn't come into play here. Right. Let's hear from the ladies on this one. Ladies, ladies, if you want to, you can tweet us at the No Show, at the NOE Show, at Andy Furman FSL. We'll read them. Well, give us a call, ladies. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Now, he's a Hall of Famer. Teams couldn't wait to get rid of. Wait till you hear this. It's next, but first we got to go to our guy, Ralph Irvin, for the latest. Well, thank you very much, Andy. And, of course, Saturday the big story was history being made at the Belmont Stakes where Justify was the winner, earning the triple crown, becoming just the 13th horse to do that and just the second to do it with an undefeated record joining Seattle Slough from back in 1977. The estimated value of Justify now, $75 million. On the Major League Baseball scoreboard Saturday, Atlanta, a 5-3 win over the Dodgers. Arizona takes out Colorado 12-7. Paul Goldschmidt with two home runs for the Diamondbacks in that game. Second straight day he's done that, in fact. The Yankees won their fourth straight, beating the Mets 4-3. The Yankees now atop the AL East by a half game over Boston, who beat the White Sox 4-2. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Milwaukee is on top. The NL Central, they beat Philadelphia 12-3. They lead the Cubs who are 2-0 winners at Pittsburgh and Washington joins Atlanta atop the NL East. They were 7-5 winners over San Francisco. Bryce Harper hit his 19th home run of the season. Guys, back to you. Thank you, Ralph. See you in about an hour. He's staying home. We'll get to that in just about a minute. It's Brian Noah. It's Andy Furman. Together, we call it Fox Sports Sunday. And by the way, welcome to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Less than 10 minutes. Bottom barrel betting hosted by Ryan Bershinger today. So we got that coming up right around the bend. Now we talked hey, about real this. quick, Andy, real quick. Yeah. Is yeah. Uh, if you have a thumb war with someone, is that athletic? Is that a sport? 
Listen to you. They, now you're killing that, me. I mean, I mean it's really. a competition. Is that a sport? You know what? It can be classified under the umbrella of no. a sport. No. You know what? Well, you know what? No. You're sweating. I was no, saying, no, what do you have? I didn't even know He's what, got what, something what, for us here. Yeah, I was going to say, guys, like there's a difference. We call games within a sport a game still, but a thing like a thumb war or a piting contest <laughs> is a game. Okay? It's just a game. Like hey, the hey, general if, use of the game. No, a game or, is hey, usually something that's played on a board. You could say you could argue well, that chess is a game, checkers uh, yeah. is a game. Uh, yeah. well, what was a good example from earlier? You guys were talking about uh, like uh, hot dog eating contest. I guess that's a contest. It calls to be a game, but it's not a sport. A sport does involve like I think how about, physical um, movement. How about Andy? If we play some rock paper scissors, is that a sport? No, it's a game. It's comp- that's a game. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, so, so, it's so a so sport? Does a sport require a time? No, but baseball has no time. So is, is, is baseball a game? It's a game, the game of baseball under the umbrella of a sport, right? Because is it winner and a loser? I, I think Iowa's on to something here. There are different categories here. Right. If just there's a winner and a loser, Just you because say it's a it sport. happens to be a competition doesn't mean it's a sport. That's all I'm trying to say to you, Andy. Okay, we That's talked all. about the Miss America pageant. We have one young lady who wants to talk to us, Montana Bear. From the great state of Montana wants to talk to Brian mm-hmm. Owen and Andy Furman. If I remember, Montana Bear used to deliver newspapers in Montana. She used to call us on our morning show. Is that correct? No, no. This I'm a different lady altogether. <laughs> oh. But I want I want oh, wow. I want I want to tell you something that might fit in with this. There was a guy who was a comedian. He said his wife took him to an aerobics class and he said he went through all the things and he was terrible at it. And he said, I'm never going back to that. Though the deal went from the back with all those weird ladies was nice. He said, Women must have invented aerobics because there's no way to keep score. And, you know, men play sports. I mean, I'm, I have a lot of, I've been watching sports since 1950s, since long before you were alive. And I have a lot of comments. You met Miss America Padgett. It's a meat market with babes in, in swimsuits. Come on, you know, let's, and when they ask them those dumb questions about world peace and things, we we listen to sports, we buy the underwear, we buy the beer and the, and the pizzas and everything for you when you want to sit and watch a game. I'm sitting there right with the guys. I learned a long time ago, I'm 73 now, when I was in my teens, if you want to be around men, you got to know about trucks, cars, motorcycles, and sports. So go. I can I love to make bets with young guys. I go, how could she know? I've been watching sports since before you were born, before your parents were born. Anyway, you were talking about you know the Miss America contest. I love. I was laughing my ass off when you said you know if it's if it's got a ball and you're sweating, it's a sport. We have wrist wrestling contest in California and Penaluma, the national you know you know arm wrestling, and it's a big deal. But any, all of these okay. guys that. All these guys who play their hearts right. out. I mean, the, the NBA and the I've been like I've seen some great athletes, best athletes in the world. Okay, there we got it. Pre- we got we got. God bless you. We got it, Montana. There you go, Montana Bear. Thank you so much. All right. I, wow. I, I think I got, there's a lot going on I, I, there. I, a little too much for me. I mean, I, I. You know what? She's probably smarter than I am. I I, I get it, but uh, well, I got. But the she fact called that she, in, Andy. She, she called yeah. in because you mentioned that the swimsuits and the Miss America pageant right. are going. And she away. buys the beer and the pizza and the underwear. That's what I got. That's what she says. Right. Anyway, but, but the thing is, like, you could put them in whatever you want, but it's a beauty pageant, and for the person who runs it now to say that we are no longer <laughs> judging candidates on their outward physical appearance, like part of judging beauty is physical appearance right right? that's not the only thing there's talent that's why there's a talent portion there's smarts there's intellect that's also incredibly attractive so it's not just physical appearance but that 
that's part of the criteria, right? So. There's no doubt. That, look, yeah. a, a woman who weighs 350 pounds, she may be lovable. She may be your great aunt or grandma. She's not entering the Miss America pageant because she's got no chance in hell. That's. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Criteria is looks. I know. I'm sorry. Let's move away from that. I can only get in trouble talking about this. But you know what? Let's talk about this guy who's staying home. Story came out the other day, and it really got me crazy. Terrell Owens, not going to attend the Hall of Fame induction, celebrating the class of 2018. My question was this. I know how you felt when you heard about this. Why announce it? Do you want some attention? Is that what it's all about? Just don't show. He wants the attention. He's an egomaniac. Well, this is Terrell Owens. It shouldn't have taken this long for him to get into the Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of the game. But the reason that some voters inappropriately made him wait was because he was a selfish player. There's no denying that. He was a selfish player. It was about him. And this latest stunt is about him. This is what got him in trouble with getting into the Hall of Fame sooner than he got in there. Was he's all about himself. And now, after getting into the Hall of Fame, he's showing the people that said, no, nope, he's a me guy. He was selfish. He created conflict. He's basically doing something to validate why they right. left him out of the Hall Excellent. of Fame for so long. You're exactly right. right. Yeah. And Gary Myers, who used to write football for the New York Daily News, wrote this the other day. If I knew he would not show up, I would have not voted for somebody who would have. Uh, T.O. Nah. was not... That's what he said. T.O. Yeah. was not happy. It took until the third year to get in. Don't know reason he's not showing up. He said the bottom line on T.O., he was so disruptive. This is what Myers said. And my, my committee, my, my committee, my idea is this. The Hall of Fame committee should now decide after that remark if Myers should oh keep his vote. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right, 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 right. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that Why one, should he keep his vote? Right. There's so much. We're so off the tracks, right? right? You're not focused on what you need to be focused on. He's deserving of the like, Hall of Fame. Yes. He's a troublemaker. Like, he's disruptive. Teams wanted to get rid of him. No doubt about that. But he had the stats. He had the numbers. And for you to say you wouldn't vote for him because he's not attending, you don't deserve to vote. That's, that's all I'm insane. saying. Like, at least the people that said, hey, look, he, uh, he, he created some tension in the locker room. He was a distraction. He took focus away from winning. Okay, those things are valid. It shouldn't have right. kept him out of the Hall of Fame as long as it did. But that's at least a more valid reason to delay voting for Terrell Owens than saying, well, if I knew he wasn't going to show up for the ceremony, I would have, wouldn't have voted for him. Are you serious it's right moronic. now? And he put that it's tweet. Then he, then he deleted that tweet as soon as he put it on there. <laughs> but, but look. It's amazing that this guy has a vote. I'm going to ask Alex Marvez that question. We have an hour number three because Alex is a voter. And I want to see, yeah. A, what Alex feels about Gary Owens' remark. Uh, Gary Owens. Uh, Gary, oh, it's uh, Gary Myers', Myers remarks. Myers. But what his remark was. And also it's ridiculous. What he would no feel about that. Yeah. yeah. There's, it, it, there's no defending amazing. something like that. That's not a good enough Making reason. Making me crazy. It, it's bad. It reflects poorly on Terrell Owens. It's not a good look for the Hall of Fame for him to s- stay away. But he's still. Worthy of the Hall of Fame, he had a Hall of Fame sure career, right. right? Like you have to put him in there, but it's just one of these things. It's typical to, right? It's it's right from the playbook of Terrell Owens. You would expect it to from do him. something selfish here, yeah. No doubt about that. Really, I'm glad we agree on that because I read the story and I wasn't so upset about him not showing because yes, I kind of expected something like that. But but the Gary Myers idea and his oh, that's, tweets that's, that's that makes disgusting. no sense. He should yeah. get his vote taken away from him. Right. Brian No, Andy Furman, of course, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. The stakes are high and the competition is always tough. 
It's bottom barrel betting, and it's freaking next. I'm the bad guy. Bottom barrel betting coming right up about 12 minutes before the top of the hour. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. We call this Fox Sports Sunday, by the way. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's play this game. Let's do it. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. bottom. Oh, really? I thought you was late. Barrel. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Betting. Yes, it is, and it's brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. And today's host, the one and only Ryan Bershinger. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Andy. Hello, Brian. Good What's to be on, here man? tonight. It's good, good, good time. Uh, so bottom barrel betting for <laughs> for this week. Uh, let's we'll take a look here at the scoreboard last week. Do we have to? Uh, well, you know. By the way, Ryan, b- before mm-hmm. you get to that, you yes. got some pipes, man. You're oh. going to host a game show at some point if this, you know, producer role doesn't. He's doing quite it right now. He's, he's hosting by the yeah. barrel betting. I'm telling you, I I hear it. I hear potential from Ryan. Well, thank mm. you, thank you. I've been I've been working that. I've been trying to hone that in. This is only my third time producing now, so uh, so trying to get there. But thank you. I, I you know how you get your pipes better? Can I give you a hint? Uh, sure. Yes. Start smoking cigars. It'll okay. make your pipes better. <laughs> All right. My girlfriend's not too fond of cigars, but uh, oh. I, I can sneak a couple here and there. I'll start working on it. Uh, by the way, by the way, yeah. Ryan, real quick story for mm. you. Yes. When I was on my honeymoon with the lovely Christina mm. in the Bahamas, um, we smoked a Cuban cigar, and it made me uh, it made me toss my cookies. <laughs> yeah, I threw up because of a Cuban cigar. How much of a lightweight am I? <laughs> you played indeed beforehand. Ugh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll keep that in mind next time I get a cigar as well. I'll, there you uh, go. There you I'll, go. I'll, I'll uh I'll yeah I'll keep that in mind. But yeah, look, looking at the scoreboard last week, uh one nothing win for Andy. Oh. Out of last one week. One yeah. nothing win. Yeah, what? I was yeah. 0 for three. Is that what yeah. happened? <laughs> yeah. What? I, I won. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I won. The the only one you guys hit on was uh. <laughs> the over-under for uh, one-and-a-half technical fouls combined between both the Cavs and Warriors in Game 2. Andy took the under. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. Yeah. It's, uh, that's the only one I remember because in Game 3, there were double technicals like right away. And I remember laughing because yeah. I'm like, see, <laughs> of course that's the way it would happen. But I was 0 for 3, nothing? Yeah, yeah. Ha, nothing. ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Well, it all is right. a it is a new week. We Let's start from scratch. So yeah. uh, now for for this week, first off, we're going to baseball. Uh, Max Scherzer not only having a Cy Young type season, having an Man. MVP type season right now for yeah. the Nationals, been doing really well. Uh, he's starting today against the San Francisco Giants. He's coming off a 13 strikeout performance <laughs> against the Rays. The Giants are currently fourth in the majors in striking out, and in Scherzer's 13 starts this season, he's had less than 10 strikeouts in only four of them. Uh, wow. So I'm setting the over-under at 10.5 strikeouts for Scherzer against the Giants tonight. Go ahead, my friend, because you're a loser, so go ahead. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to take the under. Okay. I realize all the stats that you rattled off there, Ryan, and that's pretty impressive. Max having a great season, mm. but 10.5 strikeouts, it's a lot of strikeouts, man. Mm. I'm going to take the under on that one. Okay. This is money, baby. I'm taking the over. This is money. <laughs> All right, all right, split decision. Uh, we'll go to now the Mets also. On the uh, flip side, Mets have now lost eight straight after mm. losing to the Yankees again <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, between now and next week's show, 
The Mets will, uh, they face off against Luis Severino and the Yankees tonight. Uh, then two against the Braves and three against the Diamondbacks. So Ooh. over and under one and a half wins for the Mets between under. now and next week's show. Under, really. What, if it rains, does that count? What about rain out? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that wouldn't be a win. So Okay, I, I, under, okay. under. Man, they you might be right about this, Andy, because I was flipping channels and on MLB Network they said that the Mets had lost twenty four of thirty six. Yeah, this spiral. And that big was time that now. was before that was earlier in the week. They lost a handful of games after that. It's even worse now. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna take the over though. I'm gonna buck the trend. The <laughs> right. Mets break out. We're just talking two wins. And how many positive. games you rattle off? You Four rattled off six games. Eh, maybe maybe playing, over though. is a little bit <laughs> maybe it's a little over the top. I'm gonna take the over though. The right. Mets somehow guy. find a way to yeah. pull off a miracle. Yeah. Okay. okay. What's next? What's next? Uh and lastly, let's go to the WNBA. Yeah. The uh the Indiana Fever are looking for their first win of the season. Do they get it tonight against the two and four New York Liberty? Brian? Absolutely. The go. fever get off the schneid. They buck the trend. They stand on their heads. I know that's hockey, but we'll play <laughs> it to the WNBA here. Fever, get it done. There we go. I say go fever. Listen on 1260 in Indianapolis. And also, if they win, we all go to Shapiro's for corned beef in Indianapolis. How's that? Go <gasps> fever. Beautiful. How's that one? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, yes. so we have baseball disagreements here mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. We're united on the WNBA but we have differing views on Max Scherzer and the Mets. So yes. there you go. Yes. There, there it is. Go. All right. Moving time again. And Brian, no one, Andy Furman tell you why. Where? On Fox Sports Sunday. Coming up right here. Next. Don't go anywhere. Please. Time to change addresses. We'll get to that in just about a minute. But right now, don't go anywhere. Good morning, America. It's that time. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. It is that time. It's the hour of power, a.k.a. the power hour. And there's no one more powerful in the world of sports than my guy, my partner and friend, the one and only Brian No. Hello, B. What's up? Andy Furman, good to be with you here this morning. Uh, I got a question for you before we dive into it. We were talking about donuts to start the show. Yes, What's sir. your favorite kind of donut? What do you put you at the what? top you, of the list? You're going to laugh. And I, I go to Dunkin' Donuts several times a week for breakfast, and I'll get myself a donut. But I, and I sometimes get myself a coffee cake, but I kind of like the old-fashioned. You know, with no yeah. chocolate, right? those like brown ones. Those, those old, they're called the old-fashioned donuts. I, just cake. They're like a cake donut. I like those. Is it just like an unfrosted donut? Right, exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's called an old fashioned, and I love it because it's just like the cake. It's like the cake of a okay. uh, of a coffee cake. You know, I like that. So you don't mess around with the frosting. You're like, yeah, no, I don't need your really, frosting. No. I just you need know the why? old school. Because most of the time, when you get it, like you get it all over your fingers, and you, that's the only reason why. It's like a little too messy. Really, and a lot of times when you go there, like they they're still warm and they're melted, so it's like it's a mess. Who needs it? So just the old fashioned's good. It's just crumbs. The only problem with the old fashioned is a little bit of crumbs. Yeah. Okay. All right. A little bit of crumbs. Old fashioned. You, you take the yeah. non donut donut. Right. At Dunkin' Donuts. I like it. Yeah. But I'm not hey, a big man. donut guy. Really. When you think, I mean, I mean, you tell me what you're telling me now. Like you know all these, you know. Sh- Flavors and different varieties of donuts. I'm I'm not a donut guy, really. I eat healthy. 
I just yeah. soon have a carrot stick, to be honest with you, or <laughs> celery. <laughs> you're, the, you're the picture That's of the good health. Yes. You, know, you saw me. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a I pretty mean, good shit. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell the difference between you and like an old school Chuck Norris is Thank really what much. it was. All yeah. I need is a tattoo. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I've left you speechless, and that's kind of strange, really. What? So no, the, no. The, I'm just, the donuts uh, yeah. are gone? Are they gone now? Uh, yeah, I was leaving the door open for you to get to whatever you were getting to. Okay, I don't we'll want to hijack right anything. Yeah. Okay, it's the hour of power. We'll talk about the NBA Finals. What made them weak, to me anyway, is the fact that it's predictable. You know, when something's predictable, you kind of lose interest, right? And, and you know, and I know, although I kind of had a, a false hope that the Cleveland Cavaliers would win, even when they were down three zip. But the fact that it was, predict- it was predictable back in October, not only that the teams would be in it, but predictable which team would win it. And, and other than some great individual performances, it was predictable. And that kind of made it weak. And I tell you what, I think the ratings, when all is said and done, will show that the ratings will not be that strong. They can talk about NFL ratings all they want. NFL ratings will blow these ratings for the NBA players away. Blow them away. I, don't, I haven't seen them, but I promise you they will. Well, I think that we can't forget about the road to the finals for both of those two teams. Correct. Because the Cavs were on the ropes a couple of times. A lot of people thought they weren't even going to get out of the first round against the Pacers. Right. And then they had a seven-game series against the Celtics as well. So, And they won the final two games of that series, right? They were trailing. Yeah. Right. So, And the Warriors being down 3-2. Both teams were down 3-2 in the conference finals and ended up in the NBA finals. So the road there... I was shocked that the Rockets had as much success against the Warriors, not just winning three games, but locking them down defensively in multiple games. I didn't see that happening at all. And the question so, is, what if CP3? What if? Right. You have the what if. I, I dislike when people say they absolutely no doubt would have won. They had a chance of winning. But to say that there's no chance that the 73-win Warriors adding KD could win two games against the Rockets is ridiculous. But yeah, you're right, Andy. It would have helped their odds quite a bit, and who knows? Maybe the Rockets would have won if Chris Paul was healthy. But my point is, although it worked out eventually how we thought it was going to, a lot of people predicted the Warriors and Cavs and the Warriors to obviously win that series— the road of how we got there was a lot different than most people envisioned. You know, and you make a great point uh, several weeks ago when the playoffs began, and I was the one that said, you know what, years ago they had the first round two out of three, then the second round was three out of five, and then four out of seven, and today they're all four out of seven. And you said, hey, you know what, make it look like an undercard in boxing. Remember you said that, and it was great. And you're right. It, it was exciting. It was like a lead-up to the finals. But some of those games, I mean, I enjoyed watching New Orleans in the playoffs. I really did. I enjoyed yeah. watching Anthony Davis. I like him play. I like the way he plays. and I like watching him play. I like watching Houston play. And some of those games were yeah. as good or better than these final games. They really were. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we know that the Pacers weren't going to win the finals, right? Or right. Uh, what uh, Boston. Boston wasn't going to take down the Warriors, right? But those right. were good series against the Cavs. And those were undercard series, right? If it's a... UFC events and you got a couple of good warm-up fights before the main event. No one says, "Well, this this isn't the main event. This fight stinks." You just embrace it for what it is. You enjoy it for what it is. No doubt. And if you looked at the playoffs that way, there were a lot of good series that yeah, the Jazz and Thunder weren't battling for who was going to win a championship. But there were a couple of really fun games in that series. And if you're a basketball fan, 
it was fun to watch, but we knew there were only a couple of teams that were really battling for a title. That's it. But you know, I, I it, think it's that funny. you can get caught up looking at it that way and miss right. out on enjoying a lot of uh, yeah, no series along the way. No one complains about the opening round to the NCAA tournament. I know one right. says I'm not going to watch right. it. You know, yeah. but I, I, you know that 99% of the teams that play in the opening round will not make it to the finals, but you still watch it, and people take off from work that Thursday and Friday. That's it's absolutely amazing. right. You right? embrace it for what it is. Nobody sits there and says, well, Lehigh isn't going to win the whole thing, so what does it matter? It's like right. you just embrace them winning a game. And we get that the NBA playoffs, it's not a one-game scenario, but you have some upsets within a series and sometimes upsets you know, at the end of a series. Right. So it's it's the same concept when it comes to the NBA playoffs, but it's just looked at much differently. I, I just, look, man, it's one of those things, your original point is true, Andy. When there is some uncertainty, that's what made the Western Conference Finals so fun. It looked right. like the Rockets could have won that series. At no point did it look like the Cavs had a chance of winning this series against the Warriors, and that takes a lot of the intrigue out of it. No doubt about that. And now the real games begin. Off the court, where does LeBron land? And you know what? I, I know people are going to be talking about it, and I don't want to really delve into it that heavily because we're talking about the unknown. And you could speculate all you want, but you don't know, I don't know, no one really knows. I don't think he knows right now. Does he stay? Does he go? But at the draft combine... And there was a stat here, and there was a story about it. More than half of eight NBA front office types, coaches as well, they were interviewed, and they expect James to bolt out of Cleveland. That's what they say right now. And you agree with that. I think he's going to stay. And the new coach of the Knicks, David Fisdale, who was an assistant in Miami when James played there, Kenyon Martin said this on Fox, that James and Paul George would team up on the Knicks. Kenyon... That's financially impossible. Do your homework, <laughs> Kenyon. I love you, Kenyon. I saw you play at UC, University of Cincinnati. Sorry I said it. Uh, you just got to do a little bit of homework. It's financially impossible that the Knicks could sign LeBron James and Paul George. I'm just saying that right now. But the Lakers have cap room for both of them. and Maybe it's the Lakers that they go to. I, I don't know. I have no clue, really. Well, I expect him to leave. I don't expect him back with the Cavs. I like Teron Liu after the finals where he was like, they're a great team, but we're not that far off. It's kind of like his sales pitch to try yeah, to keep LeBron right. there. It's like, no, no, T. Lou, you are. You are far off from taking down the Warriors. And you'll be further off next year without LeBron. <laughs> yeah, you were in two of the four games, and you should have won game one. Game three could have gone either way, but that doesn't mean you're close to winning a series against the Warriors, right? They're nowhere close with that current roster. So I expect them to go somewhere else. I think the real intriguing part, Andy, is what the Rockets do. Because that, there's a domino effect. Of course, you would sign LeBron James if you could. If you could somehow make it work, of course, you would make room for him. But the true dilemma is Chris Paul. He's expected to command a max contract. And you're talking about this guy a couple of years from now when he's on the plus side of 35. He's 33 right now. He's always injured anyway. Yeah, but making forty six or forty seven million a year for Chris Paul, who's injured like that, like this is the ultimate mortgaging the future proposition for the Rockets, and I think they're going to do it because they were so close to taking down the Warriors. They're so fixated on beating the Warriors that I think they're going to hitch their wagon 
to the depleted Chris Paul, you know, the, right. the wheels are starting to fall off, like the engine, the transmission is a little bit iffy. Like They're going to hitch their... Of course they are. Their wagons because, because they lost without him, which makes him more valuable thinking that hey, if he was playing, that's he right, may have that's won. Right. Right. But that's the thing is, this isn't going to be the Chris Paul... Um, you know, he's 33 years old right now. That doesn't mean what you got this last season, which, by the way, ended up biting them in a major way with him getting hurt in Game 5. No doubt. It doesn't mean you're even going to get this good of a Chris Paul a couple of years from now. And you're talking about 47 mil a year? No, thank you. Can I tell you something? That's the ultimate mortgaging the future. You're going to be completely hamstrung by a contract like that a few years from now. I I, got to put this in perspective for a second, if I may. There's a gentleman who I knew very well, and he passed away several years ago. His name is Milt Cantor, K-A-N-T-O-R. Tremendous basketball fan. 1967, he wanted to buy the Detroit Pistons. The cost for the Detroit Pistons in 1967, take a guess. Take a guess. Oh, man, I have no idea. $1.65? Six mil, (laughs) which which is like peanuts, right? And and, and he didn't do it, and he's he's, he's always kicked himself. May he rest in peace. He was always kicked himself in the rear end. Now a player's going to get 47 mil, and they could have bought the entire lock, stock, and barrel, all the jock drops and everything for six mil. Amazing. Okay. Inflation, maybe. I know. I get it. And it brings in so much money these days. If you're able to produce at a high level, that's the type of contract you're going to sign. But right. look, Chris Paul at this stage, do not sign. You will absolutely regret it. You will. A few years from now, you're going to be like, we owe this guy how much? It'd be like Derrick Rose. Would you want... Now, Chris Paul is better than Derrick Rose, but from an injury standpoint, he's starting to resemble, unfortunately, Derrick Rose more and more each season, right? Would you want to sign Derrick Rose to a $46 million a year contract? No. Like, think about Nicholas Batum with the Hornets. His contract is an albatross. They're hamstrung by that. He's making 20-plus year a season. You're talking about doubling that and then some for Chris Paul, who might give you similar production if he's banged up even more than he's already been banged up. You know, that money to me would go to a younger stud like the Greek freak. I could see paying him that kind of money. Absolutely. But not a guy like Chris Paul. No, not at this stage. And that's, man, it's so tough because he's got the Rockets in this place where you're like, we were so close and we might have beaten the Warriors if he were healthy. So let's say if he's healthy next season... Who's to say we can't take him down, right? right. And I could, I'd see it happening where I would be shocked if they don't go for that, if they don't sign him to a max deal, and they don't regret it later on. It just seems like it's headed straight for that happening. You know, I'm, I'm hearing LeBron to Lakers, 76ers, and Rockets. I, I guess those are the three teams in play. Is that is that what you're hearing as well? Those are the main teams, yeah. Okay, I want to know why, and maybe it's just my own goofiness, I'd love to see him go to New Orleans. We're Rajon Rondo and also Anthony Davis. I think that would be great. Why isn't New Orleans in play? Is it money? Like the, the cap deal? I, I don't I don't know. I haven't looked yeah. at their salary structure. You hear a few whispers here and there. Um, but, yeah, when he's teaming up along those those players, like LeBron anywhere makes them instant contenders. <laughs> like, like, I mean, they were a playoff seri- team like, this year. LeBron goes to New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. I mean, they, they sure, go big sure, time. yeah. But if you critically look at that Cavs supporting cast, how many games did they oh. win without LeBron? 
You know, they win twenty games the year without LeBron. Twenty twenty five games they win without him. It would be bad. It'd be bad. And he took that team to the finals. You know, so if right. you're talking about pairing him up with superstar talent, of course they'd be players. You know, you're exactly. You want to take a little guess? We'll write down, and then we'll see what happens if and when. You want to? I'm going to say team? the Lakers. I'm going to go L A. Okay. I, I think he's going there, and I realize like it's just another notch on the belt in terms of that franchise and all the success they've had if they win another title, but they have been so utterly decrepit the last handful of years, they not even him. sniffing 500. If LeBron went to the Lakers and won a title, it would be a big, big deal for his legacy. No, you say he goes there with or without Paul George. I think that in order for him to go, he would have to be teaming up with another superstar. Okay, so we'll and write I, this down. To start, let's not go crazy with playoff P being the no-show in the playoffs. Not a superstar, but he's a star player. Okay, we're going to bury this in the time capsule. We'll say Brian No says the Lakers. I'm going to say he stays in Cleveland. I'm crazy, nah, I know. Nah. I'm saying he stays. All right, that's, nah, he's that's just me. So I, I Remember the, the Brian Colangelo thing where I said the Hawk Harrelson drop? He gone? LeBron yeah. in terms of Cleveland? He gone. All right, and we're gone right now, too. We're going to the Twitter accounts, and you can get to us on Twitter at The No Show, N-O-E Show, at Andy Furman FSR, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. You could give us your two cents about LeBron as well. Our lineup, bottom of the hour, that'll be 8.30 Eastern. The Sheik, Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider will join you. And that's followed by Nose Picks, so don't you dare go anywhere. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, and he's going to lose over $470,000. We'll tell you who next. It's time for a change. We'll explain that in just about a minute. 21 past the hour, Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. And by the way, pro customers at Lowe's save 5% on every purchase every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% on all purchase in store or online. Subject to credit approval, U.S. only. Now, B, I understand you got a couple of tweets or at least one good one. Yeah, there's uh, one good tweet here. Uh, well,. <clears throat> We were talking about, you brought up that the Miss America pageant, or was it Miss America or Miss Universe? Miss America. America? Miss America pageant. They will not have the swimsuit portion anymore. And Blake checks in and says, I believe they are taking out the evening gown dress also with the swimsuit because that was also graded on looks. Here's the thing, Andy. You can put the contestants in snowmobile suits. Okay, they're still partially going to be judged on looks. Of course, <laughs> that, that's just the way it is, right? Like you can put, you can have them wear whatever it is, but part of the judging criteria is going to be physical appearance, talent, intellect. It goes in with the overall thing. So may I don't say for this? A second, don't right. for a second think that physical appearance hasn't been taken into account. When, when they're looking at who's going to win this going forward. It's crazy to think. They could have these girls come out in barrels. They really can. Right. And the, and the more the more they want to get away from the swimsuit, the more the facial, the more the face yeah, will, will become absolutely. A, more of a point aspect because it's, it's physical appearance. So in absolutely. other words, if you have a big nose, that could be covered up if you have a great shape. So if you came out in a bathing suit and you have a big nose, but you have a great body showing right. off in your bathing suit, that may counteract the nose. But now if you come out in a barrel, the nose will kill you. 
So it's all physical appearance. That's what the contest is all about. For some reason, this is where my mind went, Andy. And this is ridiculous, but maybe you'll see the logic. Hmm. It's kind of like the uh, the new rule in the NFL, leading with the crown of the helmet, you know, mm-hmm. where uh, you could be ejected and all of that, where the players will be like, well, this is going to lead to more knee injuries, right? Which is true, which is true. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where my mind went as a comparison <laughs> with this beauty pageant where, well, you look at no more swimsuits. Well, well, you're, you're going to be focusing on the nose a lot more. You yeah, know, it's going to lead the ears, to more... <laughs> and their eyes are too far apart, or whatever. Maybe the eyebrows of the face. Yeah, right. But that goes hand in hand with physical appearance. Sorry, you're exactly physical right. appearance relates to more than just your body shape. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's yeah. how stupid this is. But you know what? This is going to kill their ratings. This is this contest will be dead in three years. It'll be gone. Go away. It's over. Nah. It's well, always going to be there. I hope you're right. By the way, Alex Marvez, we could ask him. Bottom of the hour in about six minutes from now. That'll be 8.30 Eastern, Alex Marvez. The Sheik, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider, will join you at that time. But now in football news, another offseason hit. This time for the New England Patriots, wide receiver Julian Edelman facing a yeah. four-game suspension for violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing substances. He is apologizing. Uh, is it time to change the PES rule for the league? First of all, no one cares. No one cares if they're on the PES, really. Next, PEDs. it's bad for the PED. Well, performance enhancing substance. So I call them PES. Mm. All right, no, no, you can't. It's no. bad for business. <laughs> but, but it's bad for business when stars don't play. Agreed. This guy's going to lose over $478,000. But you know as well as I do, it's like going to a Broadway show and seeing the understudy. It's bad for business. Let him play. Who? No one cares. No, they really no. Do you care? Do you care if Edelman's look, on, on PEDs or PESs? Uh, look, uh, yes, I care if he's Why? on it because it's Why? an unfair advantage. Uh, y- you're recovering quicker. Your your performance is enhanced, obviously. Performance-enhancing drugs, whether it be bigger, faster, stronger, on top of recovering faster. It's an unfair advantage, so if you're skirting the rules and other players are doing it the right way and not doing those things, they're at a competitive disadvantage. Yeah, I care. And the other part of it is, for anyone who's like, it's entertainment anyway, and right, we've had that is. argument the whole time. Look, if the NFL said, screw it, you know what, it's just entertainment, do what you gotta do. We're pro syringes, right? All of a sudden, little Johnny, who's on the the grade school field or he's a high schooler and he's got aspirations to be in the NFL, guess what he's got to do? He's got to juice because everybody else is. Well, that I'll tell you this much. never be the case in the if NFL. performance-enhancing enhan- drugs gets you back on the field faster and healing faster, and it does, I want to do it because I want to see the stars play. No, I don't want them no. on the sidelines. I don't, and most people no. who are paying customers want to see them no. on, the, on the field as well. No, yes, I want to see who has worked hard, who's got God-given ability, not who's on uh. the best smack. I have no interest in that. Hey, who's on the best junk? Well, this guy's drug dealer's a little bit better than that guy's drug dealer's. No, no, that's not what I want to see. And what about the guys that are on it, it now taking drugs to mask the drug? What if they're on there now? And you know there are. There are they're some cheaters. on there now. They're well, absolutely cheaters, well, and of you don't course know who that they happens. Are. We don't know who they are. Really? Well, that's why. That's why it's outlawed. That's why there are punishments. That's why there's testing because it can't be the okay corral and just say, you know what? It's hard to 
keep up with this. We sometimes don't have tests for the designer drugs that they're using. So you know right. what the heck with it. Do whatever you want to do. No, that's such a lazy argument. And it's no. such a no, no, it's such a small sided, a short sided. I'm making up terms like you are with <laughs> PESs, but it's a short sighted thought of where the sport would head if that were the case. Because they can't police it anyway. Their hands are up in the air. Hey, are they going to police it in the state of Colorado when the Denver team plays? If a guy's hurt and he's going to take some medical marijuana, which may not be permitted in other states, but it's legal in Denver? Do you think think that medical marijuana is on the same level as HGH? But it'll get you back on the field faster. No, it's... no, it's if you're gonna in help pain, you manage the if, pain. If you're pain, if you're in pain, you can't play. But if you take that medical marijuana, you may be able to play, not feeling the pain as badly. Look, the the marijuana thing that's going to go away sooner than later. Eventually, the NFL is going to say, you know what? If it helps with pain management, okay. Well, it's going to be so legal I, in every state. I, I think that they're behind the times in terms of that. Right? They're eventually going to do away with that. But in terms of performance enhancing drugs, we're talking HGH, we're talking things that that absolutely help your performance. Right? They should never, ever, ever allow that. I, I... I hate when that argument is even brought up because, again, like, think of the grade schooler. Like, and think about the example about that them. sets. Forget about Seriously. them. Seriously. No, you can't yes. even begin We're talking to about the NFL now. Stick to the NFL. Them. No, no, no. When you no, say no. performance enhancing, let, let me give you a no, question. Here's no, a question. No, no, no. Listen to this. Look at okay. the NFL in terms of what they do to try to make the game appealing to young kids. Think of all the things that they promote. The play 60, flag football. Whatever. Oh. They're trying to do all of these things. Seriously. To keep people playing their game because it's great for the growth and the stability of their sport. They know this. So why in the world would they just say, you know what, screw it. Do whatever you want to do in terms of performance-enhancing drugs. You know what that's going to do to parents? They're going to want no part of And a lot of them don't want any part forward. of it now. Forget about the drugs. They don't want any part of it now because of the head injuries. That, that's a major Andy, more, Andy, more of a pro- Andy, it's a again, it's a different discussion, but you understand that the young kids, they are part of the future of the There's NFL. No of so course. why in the world would they add another log to the fire and give parents another reason to say, no, little Billy, you're not First playing of football because you got to use you, performance enhancers like, to get to anywhere. the NFL. Let the high schools and colleges worry about their own testing and how they handle it on their level. I'm just asking you one quick question before we go to Alex Marvez. Performance-enhancing drugs, PEDs. You give me some example, a player that would take that. Say a quarterback takes it. Is he going to be able to throw a football 150 yards? He's going to be that able to better? get back on the field No doubt faster. about that, and I want to see yes. that. Yes, that I want to see. I don't want him on the sidelines. As a paying customer and a fan of the league, I don't want to see these guys on the sidelines. I want the A1 players to be playing every week. I want the A1 players who aren't cheating by using smack well, on the field. The ones who are cheating, I want them to be suspended. And if they ever legalize it, you won't call it cheating. And if they ever legalize it, you'll say, well, they're not cheating because it's legal now. That's what you'll say. No juice. never legalize it because they're not brain dead. We'll see. All right, we'll move on. Brian No, Andy Furman, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And, of course, we're going to ask the Sheik his thoughts on a Hall of Famers no-show. 
That's next. But first, to Ralph Irvin, the man for the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And, of course, history was made on Saturday in New York. 16th to go. Justify is still there. He's just perfect. And now he's just immortal. Justify is the 13th triple crown winner. The call from NBC Sports. And, of course, only the second horse to ever win the triple crown with an undefeated record joining Seattle Slough in 1977. Meanwhile, we're about 30 minutes away from the final of the French Open. Dominic team taking on Rafael Nadal. Nadal 10-0 in French Open finals in his career. Thursday on the Major League Baseball, Thursday, Saturday on the Major League Baseball scoreboard. Atlanta, a 5-3 win at the Dodgers. Tyler Flowers, 3 RBI. The Braves sit atop the NL East alongside the Washington Nationals, who were 7-5 winners over San Francisco, Arizona. Leads the NL West. They were 12-7 winners at Colorado. And Milwaukee hammered Philadelphia. 12-3 online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the American League, the Yankees are on top of the AL East. They were 4-3 winners over the New York Mets. The Yankees have won four straight games. And Seattle loses at Tampa Bay 7-3. Houston wins at Texas 4-3. The Mariners and Astros tied atop the AL West. Back to you, gentlemen. Great job as always, Ralph. Thank you so very much. Brian, no Andy Furman. We call it Fox Sports Sunday. And of course, we want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. By the way, Alex Marvez coming right up and Following him, knows picks. But right now, to the Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline, the one, the only, we call him the Sheik. You know him as Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Gentlemen, thank you. A little bit of a slower Sunday, huh? We got the NHL wrapped up, the NBA is wrapped up, now it's French Open, it, it's, you know, baseball and a little bit of soccer, so... We're all turning toward the NFL as we march toward the start of the regular season. Yes, yes. And former New York Daily News writer Gary Myers said if he knew Terrell Owens would be a no-show for this year's Hall of Fame induction ceremony, he wouldn't have voted for him. A thought now. (laughs) Perhaps with that remark, the Hall of Fame should revoke Myers as a voter. Your thoughts about that? Because I think it was a moronic remark. Um, I, I think it was a moronic remark. I don't know about taking away his vote. I mean, I don't think it should be part of the criteria of coming to, that you have to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know, if you're voted in. And I was a voter, you know, and I was in that room, and I was there for the debate that went on with T.O. this year. And, you know, it's a spirited one uh, about what it is, you know, about what he represented, uh, what he did as a teammate, uh, you know, of so many teams that, that he went to, you know, turned to dust because of his presence. I mean, tremendous player on the field. Statistically, he was very good. But, you know, again, it, it's, a, you know, it's the type of thing that I thought it was an unfortunate comment. I thought it was a wrong comment. I don't think we should be basing our vote upon whether a guy is going to show up. If we did that, what about Harry Carson? Remember? when people said not when he said don't vote for me because I'm not in the hall yet and, and you know ultimately he came he came around to it and, and he was very happy to be inducted and it was an incredible time in his life and you know I think you know look I have no sympathy for T.O. because he does this to himself it could have been a great week of people telling him how great he is it would have filled his ego no one would have been negative that's how Hall of Fame weekends are you'd have been surrounded by friends and family if he does have friends but you know instead <laughs> he chose to he chose to stay you know, stay home and be a little baby and that's fine you know he'll, he'll be talked about People are going to say, oh, he's going to be the story of Hall of Fame weekend. No, he won't. 
He won't, because others will, will step up, fill that void with their incredible stories. You know, really, heading the list with Jerry Kramer, who waited 11 times to get in. Oh, and he did. The, he is deciding to show up to get his jacket. That's a good point. Yeah, it's not like T.O.'s the only player who had to wait. That's true. You look at uh, Frank Reich, Colts head coach, and he said on Thursday that the, the team's getting real close, real close to seeing Andrew Luck throwing NFL-sized footballs. He hasn't done this since October in 2017. He seems to be like, hey, all good. We're on track. How do you feel about Andrew Luck, where he's at right now, and how it relates to the season coming up? I mean, I'm going to take Frank Reich at his word, and I'm going to take Chris Ballard at his word because these are two guys that I actually trust in the NFL, and I don't feel that they're trying to mislead people. I think when you saw where the Colts were sitting in the draft at number three, if they wanted a replacement for Andrew Luck and didn't think he could play, well, they would have taken him, right? I mean, I don't think they would have they would have tabbed Jacoby Brissett as their franchise quarterback. I don't think that's the plan. So they knew with Andrew Luck it was going to be, dare I say it here, dare I say it, 76ers reference, part of the process of his recovery <laughs> uh, from, the, uh, from the shoulder surgery. They would rather get this thing right after the last time they screwed it up, Andrew Luck screwed it up, coming back too early, skipping steps in the rehab. Nobody on the team recognizing the fact that the guy's got a, you know, his throwing motion is, is way off because he's compensating for torn ligaments in his shoulder. They're going to be 100% sure when he gets back. Look, the good thing is this. You don't see a frail Andrew Luck. If you noticed Andrew last year, he was withering away. He couldn't lift weights. He looks small. This is a guy who actually looks like he is ready to play football. I, I mean, while it's disappointing he may not get on the field at, for the offseason program, uh, you know, Frank told me when I asked him about it in the spring, he said, look, we may, we may hold him out the entire time. If he could throw, that's great. But what our aim is to get him back in the preseason. And if, that, if they're able to get him back then, then we can start to judge on it. If he's still missing preseason time, things like that, yeah, uh, then, then I think there's a real t- reason to panic, Brian. Alex Marvez, this is unbelievable. This made my head spin. The Detroit Lions haven't won a playoff game since 91. They've never been to a Super Bowl. Now Matt Patricia, the new head coach, is getting some heat because a columnist in the Detroit Free Press says he's in danger of losing his players. Why? Because he makes them run at practice as punishment for mistakes. They talk about changing culture all the time. He wants to change the freaking culture, and now they say he's going to lose his team. What is going on in Detroit? I think what's going on with the media, I think I've decided that, well, you know, that was my big mistake. And that's why I guess I'm not writing today is because I didn't publish enough stupid stuff. And, and you know, because I guess the dumber you get, the more we're going to talk about it, right? We got right. one guy saying that he wouldn't have voted for a guy as a Hall of Fame player if he knew he wasn't going to show up for the party, for whatever sense that makes. And now we've got someone complaining that the Lions are running too much at this point of the off season. And, by the way, these, these rules, I mean, the NFLPA is watching these videotapes, just like they did with the Baltimore Ravens and took away those two days of OTAs mm-hmm. uh, from them. They're watching. So we'll see what, what the deal is with the running and all that. But, listen, Sean McDermott last year, he took out – the video games and a pool table from the Bills locker room. He wanted it to be all about football because they hadn't won a play, hadn't reached the playoffs since 1999. Detroit hasn't won a playoff game since 1991. Let that roll around in your head a little bit. They've had more winless seasons than they have playoff victories since 1991. So Matt Patricia is indeed changing the culture. He's not going to lose the players. And if he loses players, guess what? There'll be players that he's shipping out of town because he's got a five-year contract. Bob Quinn, the GM, signed a five-year extension. 
this is probably part of the weeding out process that goes. But I will say this. I remember when Greg Schiano was head coach of the Bucks, and one of his veteran players, I think it was Carl Nix, told me privately after, it doesn't matter, I can share this now, but it was 2012 or something. And he was just running these guys and running these guys. And, and what Carl said was, if we don't win, there's going to be a problem. You know, and in terms of all the, the calisthenics and those types of things. So if Matt Patricia doesn't win, ultimately he can lose a team. But to say that he's lost a team, you know, four or five months on the job, it's just silly. We know that uh, this is the time for overly optimistic comments from players throwing against air and things like that. <laughs> so we got on Thursday, we had Jarvis Landry, former Dolphins receiver, now with the Browns. He said the Browns quarterback situation was better than anything he ever had in Miami. Is that knee-jerk reaction being optimistic in the moment, or do you think that's valid? Well, when he says situation, I think I want to extend this a little bit here. It's not the on-field, because, you know, look, the guy caught 400 passes over the past four seasons. No player in NFL history has started their career with 400 catches. So clearly there was something going right with with Ryan Tannehill and even Jay Cutler (laughs) to an extent. You know, I mean, and it's not just just Jarvis running routes and getting open or defenses just saying, fine, we'll take a seven-yard pass and you're not going to beat us deep. Okay, because that's Jarvis Landry. He became the first receiver since Joe Washington. Remember him, the running back of the Redskins in 1979? No, I I don't even think you were a twinkle in your parents' eye, but Andy might. Uh, The point is that he was the last receiver. He was a running back at the time, but the last 1,000-yard wide receiver to average less than 10 yards of reception before Jarvis Landry did it last year. What Jarvis is talking about is guys that he's hitting it off with, guys who want to work with him in the offseason. You know, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's he's a good guy, but I never figured this out about him. He doesn't really hold those throwing camps and get guys together and really form these close bonds where you just you see guys that are you know will fall over themselves to try to help Ryan Tannehill and with he and Jarvis they just never had that and at the end it was a situation where Jarvis was extremely unhappy in South Florida he wasn't buying into what Adam Gase was selling so he gets traded the big question for the Dolphins is did they adequately replace him with little Danny Amendola and also Albert <laughs> Wilson or uh, did they make another mistake like they did when they traded Wes Welker to the Patriots a decade earlier for a second round pick and Wes went on to do some pretty good things in, in New England and he wasn't even and, and by the way Wes wasn't even as proven of a target as Jarvis Landry is uh, with you know during his time in South Florida. So I think there is something there to be said about that. By the way, be careful now on this Browns team. I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs, but do not sleep on this on this these guys. Look at the offensive talent that has been assembled in yeah. year one by John Dorsey. This is an impressive group. And you know what? You're pretty impressive yourself. But it's that time. We've got to say shalom aleichem to you right now. <laughs> Alex Marvez, you're the greatest. Have a great week. We'll speak to you next Sunday. Mazel mazel, do it again. Thank you, brother. All right. Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're live from the guy called Fox Sports Radio Studios. And this is a lesson for all of us. And it's next. There's a better way to buy home insurance with Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer, too. Get a custom quote and a great rate all online. See for yourself how much you could save at Progressive.com. Those picks coming right up about, I'd say, 11 minutes before the top of the hour. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian Noah. I'm Andy Furman. By the way, Michael Harmon and Dan Beyer. Top of the hour. Get him on iHeartRadio on their app, Sirius XM Channel 83, and, of course, on many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates. But right now, it is that time for my guys. Picks. Nose picks. Let's do it. Are you ready for it? Bright, sparky, 
Here's the deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for No's Picks. All right, Andy. Last weekend, did all right. The game went over on Sunday, NBA Finals Game 2. The first quarter went over. The largest lead of the game, unfortunately, went over the 20 and a half. Those Warriors, they took a 21-point lead late. So we went 2-1, and one, but you know what? Plus 500, we're winning money as long as Good. we at least go 2-1. and one, That's what we're looking for. So today, a lot of seam going on. A lot of hardball, right? We got some baseball picks here. Cards mm-hmm. at the Reds. Carlos Martinez going for my cards today. Minus 125, take St. Louis. Your Reds are just decrepit. They're 0-13 against the Cardinals. <laughs> Brutal, man. We got White Sox at Red Sox. Rick Porcello going for the Red Sox. I'm looking at the spread. A little bit risky. They got to win by at least two runs today, but I'm taking the Red Sox to do so. It's minus 110. Take the Bo Sox with the spread. And then the nightcap, Subway Series, Yanks at the Mets. The total is seven. I like the over. That seems a little bit too low to me. I expect at least eight runs. Worst case, it's seven and a push. But I'm going to go with the over in that contest. What do you think about that, Andy? I like that. I really do like it. I really do like the over there. You good with that? Okay, good. I'm not Hopefully we'll go three and one, but at yeah. least we're looking for two and We're, we're hoping for three and oh, but two and one, we're on the plus side. And that's all we're, we're worried about right here. But it's that time, Andy Furman. Yes. The time in the show where you could go your own way, anything serious, anything fun, get it off your chest. The floor is yours, my friend. All right. And I got great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Hey, I got a great story here. The Marshall High School State Tournament in Golf in the state of Minnesota with Kaylee Gossin. This is a great story. Uh, a coach, her coach, Gretchen... Gretchen, uh, uh, Gretchen Flynn uh, had a total at uh, 81. Her mom and dad were at the state tournament. She thought she had an 83. Kaylee's card had an 82, and she went back. She didn't feel good about it. She disqualified herself. This girl disqualified herself in the state golf tournament, and with that, she was disqualified. Her team, within a few strokes of a team qualifying spot, fell further back without Gossin's score. A lesson to be learned. I tell you what, she had a guilty conscience, but she knew what to do. She did the right thing. A tremendous story, and stories like this are not really heard of much in the world of sports. How do you like that? All right, cool stuff. Here's where I'm going to go, Andy Furman. Nick Hardwick, remember him? He was a former center with the Chargers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he received an anonymous black letter, blackmail letter, and he, he posted this on Twitter. He just posted it. <laughs> and, and the letter reads a portion of it. Hello, Nicholas. I'm going to cut to the chase. My name is Swiftgate30, and I know about the secret you are keeping from your wife and everyone else. Two oh. options are to either ignore this letter... Or simply pay me $7,650, which was the confidentiality fee. So apparently, this letter is part of a blackmail scam going around Southern California. There have been several people that have gotten the same letter 
It's just a different name that they switch, right? Not not a bad idea because eventually the guy's going to hit on one of these guys and he's going to get the money. <laughs> Sad, you know, it's not right? a bad business. Not yeah, a bad business. In this day and age, you know, there are people that are like, oh, shoot, I got to pay this, man. How does it's he better know? Than, wait, you know what? It's better than getting those stupid emails you get from England saying that you want a fortune, you know, you know give me your social security number, something like that. Not I just bad. love that he posted it on Twitter and was like, great. you know what? No, you're not getting a cent from me. There I love go. that. What a day. See you next week. Have a great day on Fox. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.